Euh, dites donc, Nadej, euh, comment aviez-vous recruté le nouveau si rapidement la dernière fois Bah, LinkedIn. Ah bon, parce que là, j'ai besoin de toute urgence d'un ingénieur en IA. Alors, où est-ce qu'on peut le trouver Bah, LinkedIn. Mais j'ai pas le temps de voir mille candidats, moi. Comment on va faire Bah, LinkedIn. Bah, 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 bah. Vu l'urgence, vous êtes vraiment confiante, Nadej Bah, oui. Avec 8 personnes recrutées par minute sur LinkedIn, pour tous vos recrutements, il y a, bah, LinkedIn. Pour en savoir plus, rendez-vous sur linkedin.com slash je recrute. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, our very own fuel station depot, this is Force Center. I'm Ken Napsok with Joseph Scrimshaw, Jennifer Landa, celebrating Star Wars right here with all of you. Welcome to episode 137, sir and madam. Happy <laughs> to be here. If we're on a fueling station, I hope there's a bar with some arcade games in it. That's all I want. 
I could spend an hour talking about the new dark game in Star Wars. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Space starts. Space starts. Space indeed. starts. Oh, I'm terrible at darts. Uh, terrible. Are you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What yeah. if you fire them from your knee like a Mandalorian can with their knee yeah. darts in their armor? <laughs> now there, uh, yeah, probably be good. <laughs> we are here with a double feature of news. That's right. This was all set to be a deep dive look into the first few episodes of Star Wars Resistance and then all of a sudden a massive news dump late in the week last week uh, meant that we uh, well we have a lot to discuss here today with uh, Joseph Jennifer myself and you it's the Mandalorian and Star Wars Resistance grab your popcorn it is a double feature. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash Over 180,000 titles to choose from, from your, uh, for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. A little bit later, we will have our Force Center recommends. But let's dig in and catch up. Joseph Jennifer, Star Wars Adventures, Life Adventures, I know. Uh, this past weekend, Mr. Scrimshaw had a lot of shows to watch on Sunday. Yeah, I know. I had a pop culture adventure yesterday, yeah. really. Yeah. Uh, on, on the lower end of the scale, Walking Dead, that was fun. But yeah. it is, uh, is interesting because it's new beginnings, new right. showrunner, a little bit uh, deeper and more uh, thoughtful than it has been for a while. And then the big thing is the Doctor Who. This is huge. Right. Huge. Uh, I know some of our fans who are listening are Doctor Who fans, but I thought it was really interesting in like a compare and contrast with Star Wars. Okay. Like this is, this was like episode nine being released uh, in terms of Doctor Who. Right. Because it's a new doctor. It's a new showrunner for the first time mm. uh, since 2010. New composer for the first time since 2005. Oh, wow. Entirely new cast. Like big, big, big deal. But I mean, just th- that it was simulcast at the exact same time ar- around the world so you could celebrate with everyone. Right. And then the show itself, obviously, um, the big deal that this is the first time the Doctor has regenerated into a woman. Right. And uh, obviously, there's always been, you know, opinions and sure. all, all sorts of stuff about that. The show itself really, really had this great message of sort of cautious optimism, where mm. right. the way that Jodie Whittaker played the Doctor was very much like, I'm pretty sure I can do this, but I'm not sure. But I'm going to do it gonna anyway. Do it. And it's just like mm. this really nice forward energy. And, you know, gay, you know, mm. she faces a, a bully is the villain and gives this really nice speech about like we can hold on to the old and learn from it while striving to find who we want to be next. We can always choose. So it's like these themes that are in right. the actual story of Star Wars. Yeah. And also all of our debate about Star Wars are really reflected in Doctor Who. And I thought in like. A really positive way. I think that's spectacular. I think Doctor Who Center, the spinoff of Force <laughs> Center. That's great. It uh, wouldn't be that uh, bad of an idea. So. Yeah. Oh, no, I would love to. Uh, uh, that is uh, that is great. Yeah, I always, yeah, we exchanged a little email, and I just was in my, because I, I, yeah, as we know, I don't watch Doctor Who, never have. You've suggested a season to jump yeah. in, and this I just. This is the one now. This is the one. Um, and, uh, but yeah, as a fan, it's like just a fan of things. I'm like, oh, gosh, yeah, I hope Joseph gets what he wants out of this one and and the fans as yeah. large and it seems like he did yeah that's weird that'd be like season seven of eight of game of thrones with new new showrunners or right midstream and i know doctor who's gone on 50 plus years now yeah. uh, i'll give you know so that change is is 
part of that show, but that's that's a big one. So big, uh, big victory for you, Jody. Yeah. Her suspenders. <laughs> yeah, I know. I love her outfit. And she won San Diego Comic Con. She essentially won New York Comic Con. She's winning cons. Yes, she is conquering <laughs> all cons. Conquering cons. Uh, Jennifer. Yeah. 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 It yeah. Was, you know what was really funny? So my daughter has this lightsaber, and she's you know she's three. She's going through a really. Uh, independent phase oh, and yeah. so when she gets emotional she's actually when she's getting angry quite frankly she's been picking up the lightsaber oh no and like wielding it around not hurting anything <laughs> but i've been like okay careful you know the dog whatever and i was in the other room and she was throwing a tantrum about something all of a sudden i hear vroom, <laughs> and i went okay this is this is a little too close to home here uh <laughs> yeah it's time for that uh, use your powers for knowledge and defense speech right, right? Yeah. right. <laughs> I was gonna like cheer on, like good. You know, I know you're angry and whatever. And then I was like, no, no, no. That that's that's not good. No, 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 no. <laughs> She's Kylo Ren, like doing that Kylo Ren stalking oh. around the control center. <laughs> my poor oh, dog is terrified. <laughs> what dog? <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. But uh, it's, that's but it's fun. I think I should get a, a lightsaber for myself. Ad- <laughs> Adventures in Star Wars parenting. Yeah. yeah, that is your book right there, waiting yeah. to happen. How waiting about you, Cam? Where were your uh... no Star Wars adventures? Um, too much. Um, but you know, I was. I'll use the word forced. All right, but it was it's a equal compromising relationship. But I was forced to watch paranormal paranormal activity. I okay, can't even say. okay, yeah, you don't like the scary I movies. I don't like scary movies. Mm. We ended up watching the first two. Whoa, are they entertaining? Sure. I'm having day nightmares. Oh, They're really? Scary. They're scary stuff. So to get myself through, when some of the things happen, I'm like, it's the force. Just it's the force. Just think of it as the force. <laughs> That's all it is. It's the force. And uh, I've survived the weekend. But, you know, Oof. I'm trying to connect Star Wars to everything. Did you feel, did you imagine that Palpatine was causing the events of paranormal <laughs> there, activity there from far go. away? There you go. <laughs> I should, uh, if we have to watch paranormal activity three or four or ghost dimension, all these other ones. Well, we got to decide what we'll do for our Halloween episode <laughs> coming up here. Yeah. We got to do a Halloween thing. So we could do just, uh, Palpatine controlling various yeah. horror movies. I think that, that to, to say, I get scared so easy. I just, it's <laughs> not that, it's the, in the moment it's fine. It's, it's. It's three in the afternoon on Sunday uh, when I'm, uh, you know, in my room watching Resistance, and I thought I heard a noise. I'm like, God, <laughs> it's working on me. So I just, oh it's, gosh. you know, I want to watch Star Wars again and again. Not scary movies. <laughs> Not scary movies. Uh, so uh, that is where we're at. Talking about Star Wars, at least uh, we have a lot to get to. While we got news, I mean, there, there's three. We could have three separate topics. We could have New York Comic Con information, the books and toys and new stuff that Jennifer's going to lead us through, the Mandalorian, Star Wars Resistance. Buckle up, kids. Take a seat. (laughs) We're going to light speed. Buckle up with popcorn. Buckle (laughs) up, baby. All right, Mrs. I want Ms. Landa. Someone called you Ms. Landa the other night. I was like, well, that's, I mean, how do you... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Whatever. I don't. Yeah. Most people just call me Landa. Landa. Nowadays. Yeah. yeah it's <laughs> like they always call me that. It's like that's, that's the old gym class sports team thing. Yeah. Knapsack, get in there. Yeah. 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 Landa, <laughs> grab a bat. That's what theater kids do, right? Yeah. Just, uh, I know. Last names, right? <laughs> yeah. Dude, I was trying to think when I got to th- <laughs> stage left, Landa. <laughs> 
definitely in waiting tables. Yeah. Landa! Landa! <laughs> Table three needs... Okay. All right. Sorry. Okay, let's get through this. There's, the news. there's a lot. <laughs> let's just get through this. <laughs> new York Comic Con happened last weekend, and we got a few new Star Wars reveals. First, there are a ton of new books and comics on the horizon. At the Lucasfilm pan- publishing panel, we learned that author Chuck Wendig will be penning a new run of Darth Vader comics called Shadow of Vader, which will come out in November. Wendig is excited to take on this legendary villain, saying, quote, Vader is a character with a long shadow, literally and figuratively. His legacy is deep and unpleasant, end quote. So, <laughs> Ken, I know that you've been keeping up on mm-hmm. the comics. You said that you've also been reading his other his other run, right, with Vader? Yeah, well, he he wrote the Vader annual number two in the mm-hmm. Charles Soule Vader, I, I think it's Darth Vader, Lord of the Sith. I, I, I forget it, because there's... Two other, now there's two Vader comic runs, right? One that's right. finished, the first one and this one. So he wrote this one, and this has Vader returning as Vader to the Petronaki Arena in Geonosis. And it's, it is some of the best Vader stuff uh, that, I, that I've seen, and I'm really excited. And I've grown to, I think, love Aftermath even more, the trilogy, even more for what Wendig d- did to set the tone of the galaxy after the fall. And the interludes uh, really are some of my favorite stuff. When we talk with the Mandalorian, my first thought was cool. The Cobb Vance series. Can we just have the Cobb (laughs) Vance series? Um, So I'm really excited for this, but, but intrigued, intrigued because Windig on the, on the Vader annual really got inside the mind of the dark Lord of the Sith and made him human in a way, like Mm. he has pained memories. And we know from other stuff, you know, this is constantly in Vader's mind. He's constantly in conflict. So I really, but sort of have the flip side is like, yeah, Here's also what he causes. <laughs> yeah. Really interesting to me. Yeah, I think it's great. A great idea for a series mm. um, because Vader, in especially in new canon, has been so highlighted of, yep, Palpatine hid who he really was. This guy who nobody knows who they are, this scary force user just appears and strikes terror in the hearts of everyone and confusion in a lot of people, too, of like, I thought none of this stuff existed, but we've all seen him kill people with lightsabers. Not all, yeah. but a lot. So, yeah, that uh, his ramification through the galaxy is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, there's, there's even more that came out of that panel because we also got some more info on the upcoming comic book series Age of Republic, written by Jody Hauser, with art by Corey Smith and Luke Ross. This December kicks off the series with one-shots featuring Qui-Gon Jinn and Darth Maul. The next year, we'll get one-shots of Obi-Wan Kenobi, Jango Fett, Anakin Skywalker, Count Dooku, Padme Amidala, and General Grievous. When I saw the Obi-Wan, <laughs> I thought of you, yeah, Joseph. Yeah, yeah. Will you be reading that one? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe I'll try to get some secrets out of Jody. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jody. Yeah, I forgot about yeah. It. yeah, it's an awesome job for her. And I know it's really, really awesome that for her to be able to write some original stories because uh, so far she's mostly done adaptations mm-hmm. in Star Wars Land. So that's awesome. There's a lot. It's an ambitious product. It's it really is right? yeah it really is I'm, I'm so excited yeah you you mentioned her Thrawn adaptation which was I thought not better than the book but more clear than the book for me <laughs> as someone who found that first Thrawn book to be real real slow and a, a thick meaty stew that you had yeah. to kind of spoon through <laughs> uh, she served it up uh, so well in that comic so I'm really excited what see what she can do with the original stories and 
Yeah, even Grievous, getting the mind of Grievous is something we don't have a lot of in canon. Right, you know? right, exactly, yeah. Well, the two books that I'm actually... Oh, wait, no, 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 no. before we get to that, there's this other one here. Oh, my gosh, there's so much. <laughs> if you're into fast-flying, writer Alexander Freed has a new novel coming out next June titled Star Wars Alphabet Squadron. Set after Return of the Jedi, Alphabet Squadron follows a unique team of pilots, each flying a different class of letter, uh... Yeah, designated starfighter as they struggle to end the war they fought so long for once and for all. Maybe it's just Star Wars Resistance, but it does seem kind of like there's a lot more focus on the pilots, right? Yeah, yeah I think so. I think yeah. it's, you know, one of the uh, areas that was so popular in Legends canon. Right. Why yes. not explore it a little bit more? This looks amazing. Mm. Alexander Freed was uh, the Rogue One adaptation, right? Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just and amazing. In the Battlefront uh, yeah, novel that the, a lot of people have told me about, which I, I bought, did, but I have not read didn't yet. Didn't read myself Yeah, I will get to it. So much to read. Um, but man, this looks really exciting and, and cool. It does make my uh, my pedantic uh, canon brain be like, okay, so don't ever introduce another letter ship. Because yeah. <laughs> right. like, they've done a great job of integrating the U-Wing and just making you feel like it was already there, the way it right. shows up in the Battlefront video game and Correct. you know Rebels <laughs> yeah. and everywhere else. And they're like, but now now they're kind of locking it in of like, these are the letters. Yeah. Unless there's something in, in <laughs> oh, here of geez. like, we're the letters that can come. But of course, there is, you know, yeah. an F-wing. It's just not here. It's not here. The T-wing's on its way. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You're so right about the U-wing. It's it's one of my favorite ships. They've done such a good job. But I always, Beautiful. I was like, it, it could have really helped on Hoth. Why didn't we have it on Hoth? So we need a comic book explaining where it was enough. <laughs> I, I'm to- totally excited for this book. Yeah, Freed, uh, the, the Rogue One novel is one of my favorites, a new canon. Yeah. Didn't read the, the Battlefront one, the first one. Uh, so I'm excited. And, and at first, I, I'm such an idiot. I was like, I don't like that name. Oh, wait, now I get it. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> always pump the brakes before you react, kids. Always pump the brakes. But right. I'm excited about this. It is a Sesame Street Star Wars <laughs> crossover. That's for what sure. I was hoping at first. I was like, wait, oh, okay, kids book. Wait, no, no, that's not right. Uh, and okay, now these are the two books I'm really looking forward to Be More Vader, Assertive Thinking from the Dark Side, and Be More Yoda. Mindful thinking from a galaxy far, far away. These books are not really self-help books. The lessons in them are meant to be taken tongue-in-cheek. But I would love legit Star Wars self-help books. Wouldn't that make sense? It would. Yoda's Meditations? I want to write the Vader one. Uh, I don't know. No, I saw that and I was like, ooh, okay. How do you even... I guess it's a total parody if it's from Vader. Oh, uh, yeah. I think the uh, the quote from the panel was like, just be really clear, these are tongue-in-cheek. Tongue-in-cheek. Uh, both right. of them. Don't you know, take them too yeah. seriously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those will be fun at uh, coffee book tables. Uh, so another book I'm looking forward to is Women of the Galaxy, which is a project profiling 75 female characters in the Star Wars galaxy. At the Women of the Galaxy panel, moderated by Ashley Eckstein, many of the artists shared that they were in awe of getting to work on the legendary Princess Leia. Author Amy Ratcliffe said that she left the writing of the pages on Leia almost to the very end because there was just so much to cover. The word hope came up a lot during the panel. All of the panelists shared how so many of these characters like Sabine, Ray, and Ahsoka have given them hope, inspiration, and made an impact on their lives. So this was this was really great. Um, I am so excited about this book. And immediately I was like, oh, I can't wait to get this for my daughter. It's also a great resource because there's a lot of minor characters that I didn't even know about. Yeah. Uh, but it seems like this is, uh, yeah, this is a really special project. Yeah, I love seeing all the variety in the styles of art. Not, yeah. not just the actual rendering of different styles, but also um, all of the different poses. Like mm. there was that, in this article, there was that information about like, at first Leia's was, portraits were going to be action poses, but they liked the more 
serene in command pose. You know, mm. I just love the variety of seeing like all of these different characters, how different they are, how different all of the artists who contributed mm. are. Yeah, well said. Yeah, excited to get this uh, book in my hands. Uh, I saw a little bit of the Ray Sloan stuff. Uh, that was really interesting, and the art was great too. Like a real, it went with like the the Grand Admiral Sloan, the the older version of Sloan, not the New Dawn version. And uh, talking about the seventy five characters, I mean, the truth of the matter is, like you, you know, Amy's probably had to uh, go dig deeper, mm-hmm. the, uh, which which is a a comment on the on you know even just a New Hope, you know, uh, uh, two or three female characters in that movie. So. I'm excited to to go deeper and find a character, take a little corner, and then just add more to even that story and the appeal of that canon of that character so it takes on its own life. Mm. Yeah. You know, that's something that's interesting. I, I, I can make all my jokes about, you know, having a little space crush on, on Tally Lintra, but really this is an interesting character who grew up on a farm and her dad taught her to crop dust in an A-wing. And, and so now that takes on its own life, and I think that's what I'm excited about the book. Yeah. yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. He's oh. such a great jumping-off point, too, yeah. uh, about... Like where, because these stories are spread out everywhere. Like, oh, you you are intrigued by Diva Blaba. Then mm. Here, mm. here's all the different places to go read up. And I think it'll get people hooked in reading more canon too. Mm, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Now this one, I know Ken, you you mentioned this one. Let's talk about the toys at the Star Wars at the, at the Hasbro Roundtable. StarWarsNews.net got an up close look at some of the new Star Wars toys and collectibles coming out soon. So here's a rundown of what we can look forward to. For the Black Series, we're getting General Grievous, Obi-Wan Kenobi wearing clone trooper armor, mm-hmm. L337, Rio Durant, Ezra Bridger, Yoda with a snake, and a lot more. Um, <laughs> Yoda with the snake. Yoda with the snake. <laughs> the new Star Wars Resistance line looks really cool, those action figures. And I really want that vintage collection Leia as Bausch figure and the vintage collection Gamorrean guard wearing a Fuzzy skirt. <laughs> Ken, you'd mentioned that there was something that caught your eye. What What was it? I can't remember. Uh, it was a different thing that wasn't even in that lineup, It wasn't right? even in that lineup? What was, what was it? I don't remember. Oh, remind me. I don't remember either. Oh, it was, it was like, the, it, the uh, I can't even remember the name of the company making these super great, uh, super hyper-realistic Luke on crate. Oh, oh, the hot the, toys. Oh, the, the hot, hot toys. toys. Yes, the hot toys. Which that, isn't, yeah. Yeah, and so those are the ones that are like $300. Uh, Notice there's none in my house. <laughs> yes, but um, maybe for that one. Yeah, yeah, the Indiana Jones one is legendary. Like me and Jeremy Johns, I, I convinced Johns to drop, I won't say it out of respect for him, a good amount of money because it's hard to find. Like, yeah. So the crate Luke is, Oh, I'm I, I kind of want it on my... Uh, coffee table like it might be one of those i have a credit card who cares it's <laughs> fake money looks so and, uh, good force so project your money with a credit <laughs> yeah. card wow. exactly yeah a lot of cool new toys i saw some of the six inch afro stuff too but the cl- the the obi-wan the ones. obi-wan and clone yeah. armor so the kardakovsky one yeah and it's gonna uh-huh. be uh, unique to walgreens which i love shopping at walgreens for really? star wars toys because mm-hmm. people don't think to look there and sometimes you find some finds at walgreens awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, dude, they got that. The Walgreens has the exclusive General Veers out right now, and I, and I can't find it locally. There's a Walgreens I go to all the time. It's it, I, I even travel farther. The old guy that works there, a guy named Mel, is just the best guy in the world. <laughs> I walk in, and there's another guy there, and he's talking to Mel. And he goes, yeah, it's like a figure. <gasps> odd. And I was just like, no, no. Oh, no. So I race to the toys <laughs> first, and it's not there. And then and good, Mel was just like, nah, I'm, I'm not checking for you. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I'll, uh, I'll wander Walgreens down to the, uh, yeah, the Walgreens at uh, Sunset and Vine that sells sushi. The fanciest Walgreens ever. Oh, I know that Walgreens. And I did find some great Star Wars stuff there. Yeah. How funny. Oh, I didn't put Yeah, yeah. I think they've had some exclusive Funko Pops. But yeah, I'm super excited about that. And the Resistance figures are pretty fascinating that it's a really complete line. Yes. Like in some ways more complete than like for Solo. I know. I know. Is it is it three and three quarters or six inch? It is? Yeah. Yeah, it's real... Classic, straightforward. Yeah, Yeah. some of them are in two packs, but you can just get a lot of the characters, a lot of the main characters. Mm. I like that a lot. Yeah, toys. That's that's that. Okay, now the big news of the week. John Favreau shared on Instagram the title and description for his new Star Wars series. The show is called The Mandalorian, and here is an official description. After the stories of Jango and Boba Fett, another warrior emerges in the Star Wars universe. The Mandalorian is set after the fall of the Empire and before the emergence of the First Order. We follow the travails of a lone gunfighter in the outer reaches of the galaxy far from the authority of the New Republic. The series is written and executive produced by John Favreau, with Dave Filoni directing the first episode. Additional episodic directors include Deborah Chow, Rick Famiyuma, no, sorry, Rick Famiyiwa, Bryce Dallas Howard, and Ta- Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So this was crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And we're going to dig into all of that as a part of our, our main discussion. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, I just wanted to take a moment to discuss just the fact of the news dump before we get into all of our uh, super nerdy excitement about what was actually told. Revealed on Instagram, on John Favreau's personal it's Instagram. A, yeah. yeah. The it's week a, that all attention should have been on Star Wars Resistance, just kind of Publicity-wise, I would think. Let's put some cards on the table. Yeah, we are super excited. I know the three of us are super excited about Mandalorian. We are going to dig into the Mandalorian. Yeah, a little... I don't want to say... I don't know how to phrase it. I don't know. You're better with words and and, and, (laughs) and explaining emotions, Joseph. No, really, you are. You are so good at just saying, hey, here's how I feel, and there's nuance to all these comments. I appreciate the compliment, but it is not like you are Frankenstein's monster going, resistance, good. Fire, man. I, I am, I am, this happened because some leaks and spoilers and stuff started coming out and, and Jason Ward, and his team making Star Wars, who this is their business and they got to put food on the table. So don't take, there's no grumpiness towards that. This is what they do. But I think it forced the hand and it forced the Mandalorian news dump sooner than they were ready. Um, I've, I've, I've heard uh, tales of school that Favreau's, announcement though approved in a sense didn't go through any story group or any kind of vetting so that's why there's some confusion over Django and boba oh being mandalorians yes, yeah yes. yeah we'll talk about yes. that we'll for talk sure. about that uh-huh. and and it did bury the lead and the lead was star wars resistance to me yeah. and to you and, and jennifer mm-hmm. I, I i just want to put it all on the table that's where our thoughts are we want to be honest and authentic as a force center team it was a little like this, next week, guys. Next week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, can I ask you from your? Uh, yeah. Is it conjecture, or do you have have you heard more things? Being a little bit more con- mm-hmm. uh, connected to the entertainment news industry. Right. Right. Is it? Is this? Do you have sources that say this? This got announced this way because the spoilers were coming. Not specifically. I just think people know how that works. I just. I have. I have uh, a little couple direct connections to different members in in uh, not just the store group but kind of the the vice president rankings there. I'll, I just I you know I don't know why I don't tell people that, uh, and so 
that that's it. That it just was like, oh, we didn't get a chance to check for commas and clearing up the Mandalorian thing with Boba Fett. <laughs> like, yes, yes. And and that was because I think that so that to me reeks of of a little bit of a forced hand. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So you know, and and that's and again, and I, I know we, we have some people listening who who go to making Star Wars. Uh, dot com and who might even write for them that that is what they do and this is a big big win for them they yeah. just got some great information some of it I'm, I'm is not even announced yet you know what I mean like yeah. so I it's just the way the entertainment industry works yeah. having been attached to Collider and seeing how it works yeah just as a fan as a fan I was like I wanted to pay attention to resistance and I know maybe we had the same thoughts absolutely yeah. I feel like however it happened to me it is ultimately a concern that I have as a Star Wars fan and a Star Wars broadcaster that Lucasfilm does as much as possible to make announcements feel like a big deal mm-hmm. feel fun and use them to bring unity and make everything an event Mm-hmm. Um, like the this uh, Doctor Who premiere, like again, right. Star Wars Resistance is not as big a deal as this Doctor Who premiere. Correct. It's yeah. not it's not one to one because right. the Doctor Who premiere is like the main event of Doctor Who, yeah. And Star Wars Resistance is not the main event of of Star Wars, but seeing that unity of it's being simulcast. Mm-hmm. We are your your old uh, co host Maud Garrett yeah, hosted right. the the pre show on BBC America right. and you know interviewed all sorts of different people across the spectrum of. Doctor Who fandom and got their opinions and their cosplay and like I feel like I want more things announced like that. I yeah. would have loved a live stream from the uh, the Chinese theater or mm-hmm. uh, El Capitan right. with John Favreau, an actor, a showman, <laughs> making a show of this announcement, and yeah. then the effing Mandalorian walks out on stage oh and whips gosh. out that cool rifle. Like yeah. I just want those events. Because I think they're great for the excitement of of yeah. what is to come, and then like literally, our show was going to be all Star Wars Resistance. Yeah, and now it's both, which is yeah, fine. Yeah. It's no, fun. It's, it's more Star Wars, but also some of the online commentary I saw right away was the man Lauren looks amazing. So I don't even need to watch Resistance because right, it's right. not as much for me. Right, right, like, right. It forced them into this sort of like. Uh, unnatural competition. Uh, uh, unnatural mm. competition. Yeah, there's some there, and, and I I am wary of you know Disney Lucasfilm has made some mistakes in their announcements. Some mistakes not in their not in their choices, but how they handle the announcement of the choices. But a lot of that we we said the phrase you coined the 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 Uncle Bob the Iger Con Iger Con. Yeah, that that was Bob Iger getting out ahead of Lucasfilm. Well, this happened again this week where like the rumored director list came out, and initially it was. Dave Filoni and, and Alan Taylor, and that caused some uproar, understandably, right? Yeah. Um, but Disney knew, or Lucasfilm knew, they had this wonderful slate of directors ready to go. And I, this is where some of the stuff I've heard before, where I could tell you some names who were attached or thought to be attached, but Disney and Lucasfilm can't announce them. And so then rumors pop out, and then now a, a little rage war starts. And it's and not that those conversation, you know what I mean? The conversation about who's directing behind the camera is, is important. But Disney had this, and they're like, well, now we can't. Now now people are upset. And now, look, and it's like we have this. Let, let Lucasfilm announce it. Let yeah. them do it. And that's the problem. I get a little grumpy on some of the, the news dumps happening out of Lucasfilm's control. Absolutely. Does that make any sense? I don't know. Fire it, bad. It does. And I think uh, fire bad. Uh, uh, fire, mm-hmm. different from certain points of view. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think that even even if these uh, leaks are happening yeah. and the scoops are happening, I think Lucasfilm 
could, st- I'll just speak for mm. myself. For myself, I would like yeah. it if Lucasfilm was just like, wait and see, we got an event coming, and didn't confirm or deny. Right, and then right. those of us who are super in the bubble can know, like, cool, we absolutely know Filoni's directing. Right, right, right. You can right, still right. just keep it quiet and have your own event. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, that's 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 right. Yeah, and and again, that goes to Lucasfilm has made some announcement mistakes. I think yeah. you think and, and Jennifer thinks. I think. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what's going on. Um, I think that right me- now or because <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. With I just don't know why why this keeps happening. I just feel like they're they're just not setting themselves up for success. And right. I I think that with the Star Wars Resistance stepping on that news. I didn't mind that as much because I kind of feel like that show is going to appeal to a much younger audience. I think The Mandalorian is supposed to be like a general audience, but maybe skewing obviously a little bit older. So that's fine. But it was such a missed opportunity, like you're saying, to it to bring it out in this awesome way. Just last week, we were looking at those photos where, like, the set was uh, didn't look quite yeah. finished. It didn't. It seems like it's, everything's happening really fast. And I guess that's that's my issue. Is I'm like, is is everything just really rushed? Mm-hmm, and they're mm-hmm. just like trying to to catch up. And because all these things are leaking, they're like, oh, I just got, I got to do something. So I think, yeah. Taking some time, yeah, <laughs> assessing. It's just, it's just the nature of the business. The hot scoop business is it's what it is, and it's changed the film industry uh, dr- drastically. It really has being yeah. being on the inside. Uh, so I, I don't want. I think I come, I'm coming off more grumpy than I have. I was also really excited texting you guys, writing you guys. Oh, oh yeah. god, the news! Oh, yeah. The news is great. Actual yeah, news, news is amazing. Yeah, right. We're going to get into it in just one second. The, the other thing I just want to say is my my combined frustration also is that. Even though Resistance might be for a smaller audience, I feel like everything they did geared it to be mm-hmm. uh, not an event. Yeah. And right. even we'll talk a lot about the Resistance, but uh, even if you feel like it's not for me, it's more for kids, it's got some important canon for hardcore Star Wars fans who are canon hounds, who mm-hmm. want to know how things connect. You could play that up and celebrate that. I just feel like not only saying, well, you know, it's mostly for kids, so keep them up until 9 o'clock. Uh, <laughs> But not having a, it's a Sunday. Yeah. Do what Doctor Who did. Have a simulcast for the people who want to watch in live tweet all together. Yeah. Tell us exactly the second. If you can technologically, that the first three episodes are going to appear. It's because now it, 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 those of us who are, were maybe like, because I was thinking like, maybe we should really make a big deal of covering it week to week mm-hmm. and really follow mm-hmm. along. Mm-hmm. And like, well, that's the first three weeks. We're not, I'm not <laughs> going to watch it again for three weeks. <laughs> yeah. Because right. I saw the first three episodes yeah. that yeah. just, Showed up like Santa just dumped them in my DVR. Like, yeah. uh, well, because we had said we we don't like the first two, right? Also, like it was like, oh, the third one, yeah, okay. And the first one's like, so you got basically four hours of four episodes worth of programming. You're right, yeah, you're yeah. Right. So oh, just the combined yeah. sort of like, um, I just, <clears throat> I think you know, I just want these things to be events. That's all. Yeah, you know and what? I know there are challenges to it, but. Now that I'm thinking about it, that is actually a Disney thing, uh, fellow parents. I've noticed on the app, like mm. when there's a new show and they'll they'll promote it, promote it, promote it, and all of a sudden, I remember Fancy Nancy, this new show. All of a sudden, the three episodes were up. Right. I was like, oh, great, okay, cool. So I kind of just think that that's like their model. Yeah. Which I is understand. which is, it, but at the same time, it's like not taking into how like Fancy Nancy fans. Nobody knows who Fancy Nancy <laughs> is. I want to know Star Fancy Wars Nancy. Fans. Fans. If they want to do that model, that's great. Yeah. Netflix covers. Los Angeles in billboards for midnight, Mm. you can stay up and and have a Stranger Things 2 party Mm. and Mm -hmm. there's events and coverage. You can still do that even if you want to do the dump it all at once streaming model. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely where we are now. It's interesting, the Disney app, but it it seemed, yeah, anticlimactic. Mm -hmm. Star Wars! There they are. 
There's three, <laughs> there's three of them right there for you. You enjoyed that? Okay, see you in four weeks. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, and, 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 I don't know. That's a weird... I, I feel bad. I think I, I got a little, uh, took, took it down a darker path, but it's something we want to talk about. Uh, the way the, hand, the, the handling of the news, it's yeah. important. It's I big. Just, it's yeah. Star Wars. Yes. Uh, so, make, make it easy, as easy as possible for us to be excited. That's all we want. <laughs> That's right. But we were excited, definitely, and we're going to talk about The Mandalorian and then Star Wars Resistance. But first, though, we like to do uh, this. We like to have a Force Center Recommends, an audiobook that we think you should check on out this week, Joseph. It is Before the Awakening by Greg Rucka. We have uh, suggested this before. It is a, uh, a book that tells what's going on with uh, Ray, Finn, and Poe before The Force Awakens. They're all really interesting. I think they're all kind of juicy, important canon. But in particular, I think Finn and even more Poe's mm. really get you in the sense of what's going on in the era of the show Star Wars Resistance. So I think it's a, a really cool one for people to check out who uh, really like the sequel trilogy era and really want to get plugged into the battle between the First Order and the Resistance. So check out Before the Awakening on us. Download your free audiobook today. Go to audibletrial.com slash center Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook. It directly helps out. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The show. All right. Without further review or ado or delay or whatever I'm trying to say, <laughs> fire bad, Mandalorian good. It's our first main topic of the day. Joseph, we've got a lot of things to dive into with this new live action TV show coming in 2019, 2020, question mark? Who knows? That's right. Let's put on our excitement uh, and our speculating response will be not hats, but Mandalorian helmets. Ooh. Ooh. Now our voices will all be deep and so let's talk uh mandalorian just just off the top the mandalorian what was your reaction to the title itself i think i saw it first from well our four center tweet you had made a tweet yeah uh, and i was um where was i it was after jedi council so i was off doing something i looked down and i was like there's been an Instagram awakening. What is Joseph? What is Joseph saying? <laughs> oh, oh, and I didn't really know. And it took me a while though to figure that that was the title. Doesn't mean it's bad. I just was like, it's the story. What is this? Oh, it's the title is the Mandalorian. Yeah. So after I sat on it for two seconds, I went, oh, I really like that. That is a TV show. Yeah. I like it. Okay. Confusion into joy. Confusion into joy. <laughs> uh, Jennifer, how about you? Yeah. I kept looking for the title. I was like, no, wait, wait, that's, yeah. not, that's not the title. Okay. Right. Wait. No, the title is the Mandalorian. Oh, okay. Got it. <laughs> but I like it. I like yeah. it. Yeah. And can we just can we just speculate for a moment? Is the is the Mandalorian going to be Pedro Pascal? Oh, actor wise, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the rumor. That's right? the, that's the, that's rumor, the rumor, right? rumor. His reps have denied it. I know, but I'm so excited. But as uh, as friend of the Schmoes know, Katie Sackhoff once said, "If a rep denies it, it's true." What? <laughs> that's what she told us. She goes, "If a what? rep has to go as far as deny it, it's usually true." So, uh, yeah, Pascal. I mean, I just. <sighs> The Red Viper, man, come on. Yeah, he's amazing in that role in in Game of Thrones. I would be thrilled if he is the Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. That's what I think. I think of him when I think Mm -hmm. of that title, and then I get excited. Right. Depending on the casting, I will think of it as the Mandalorian. If it's uh, Pedro Pascal, it's the (laughs) The Mandalorian. (laughs) It changes a little bit. And and as far as the title itself, to, to your original question here, Joseph, I mean, it's a really good title. In the sense of you, you hear it, the Mandalorian, and suddenly you're like, doo, 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 exactly, doo. like it's it, good. It's different for Star Wars, but yeah. uh, you know we talk a lot about you know Star Wars coming from all these different genres, and clearly everything that Favreau is spinning with this, what he's mm-hmm. releasing, uh, the, the Instagram perspective of John Favreau is Western, 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 and yeah. this yes. is totally yeah. you know yeah the outlaw, you know the gunslinger. Yeah. It is. <laughs> The, this solo individual, so it's it's so fresh and new for Star Wars, yeah. Because there's never been a title like that. It's just no, like, yeah. You know, the closest is maybe a New Hope, a New Hope, you know, but yeah, the Last Jedi. But even yeah. then, by then we knew, yeah, that's you still know? a singular individual. But yeah. yeah, the Mandalorian. You're right. You're right. The Last Jedi is, but uh, yeah. yeah. So I I think that's so so great, and I think really tells us a lot about the show. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we think of that? photo like what mood or energy comes to mind when you saw that photo and it was an excitement level or is it just oh, like yeah. oh it's a photo cool oh, jennifer oh, your eyes oh, bugged out that photo i was like whoa <laughs> we went from like looking at the the photos of the set you know with john favreau walking around to this 
ah, their things are really getting moving. And there's like there's a movement to it, and mm-hmm. it looks looks like a western. And yeah. I got so excited. I'm like, Red Dead Redemption, Star Wars style. Yeah. Oh, I, man. I looked at it and I thought, Boba Fett Redemption. Yeah. <laughs> not, not that it is actually Boba Fett, but that's, right, right, uh, right, yeah. right. we'll talk about that, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Great yeah. image. Yeah, the actual image, you know, I have to try to make up some of the money I spent on getting my visual art degree. The the uh, photo actually does have, like, great composition where it has, like, sp- specific repeating lines right. uh, mm. that echo contrasted by this flow that, of his body language that yes. kind of swoops you in and makes this circle. Mm. That is what good composition is supposed to do. Make that beautiful circle. Yeah. So you just keep staring at the picture. All mm. your student debt just went into that moment. Yeah, that's right. Beautiful. $20,000. Everybody. <laughs> beautiful. More than that. Anyway. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, no, cause you're, but you're so right. I mean, that's great insight. It is, it, it, everything about that photo pulls you in. You look at it, the 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 look off to the side, the yeah. design. I, I know, you know, immediately people start tweeting out the design is is. I mean, I wouldn't even say similar. It's almost like the design from Star Wars thirteen thirteen. That character, the the fingerless gloves, the the bandolier, everything about it. Yeah. is taken I from that. I think they're fingerless. I think they're are they different. Not, are they different? Okay, I think they're differently colored. Dif- uh, okay, like a like a, okay catcher in baseball painting his fingernails to the picture yeah, to see, like right? his fingers are like look like more like um, some sort of like rawhide texture that they're covered with you know <laughs> like just like yeah bantha hide uh, yes, bantha right. hide do you yeah. know what it, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah yeah jennifer's oh, our fashion yeah, 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 yeah. expert oh, yeah. yeah you know what it's like two-tone gloves two-tone thank you <laughs> well that is that's even, i'm over here like talking that. about rawhide and you're we like can, two-tone oh, we thank can, you we can stop recording i'm just gonna stare at this picture and and is the dent there i mean that does look like a ref- dent or reflection. I yeah, know. I mean, it's interesting that yeah. his act, the rest of his armor looks pretty battered. It's yeah. got the standard, what you'd expect. Uh, but the helmet looks pretty clean and new. Yeah. So maybe that's just that photo. You know, maybe right. they, who knows? Uh, but yeah, it, he just so has the energy that he is about to bust into a cantina and get the person he's hunting. Right. right. He's got right. that energy. Yeah. So cool. Oh my yeah. gosh, I cannot wait. So, Speaking of all of these questions of uh, who he is, that's the main thing that a lot of us went to online to discuss. Do we want the Mandalorian to be someone we know or a new character? Now, I believe Favreau has said in the past, these are all new characters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So applying it to that, it's probably, I mean, there could be some confusion along the way. Yeah. So we can talk about what we think it might be and also we can just be nerds and say what we wanted to be what would be cool <laughs> so Cobb Vanth has come up a lot from the Aftermath trilogy um, right. saw a couple of people uh, tweeting about uh, Tristan Wren mm-hmm. Sabine's mm-hmm. brother from Rebels uh, is there any possibility it's Boba is this a clone made from Django's severed head <laughs> uh, who could it be I mean you joke but that's that's probable <laughs> um, I I think there's a lot of great shows, and I love the character of Cobb Vanth as, as played out in the interludes and aftermath. But I, I want a new character, and Tristan Wren is great. That's a great idea. Yeah, but I, I I'm interested in a new character. Yeah. So for people who haven't read Aftermath, Cobb mm-hmm. Vanth claims what appears to be Boba Fett's armor that's been somehow rescued for the Sarlacc, so it leaves right. Boba Fett's actual fate up in the air. But he buys it for some Jawas, he so buys he can it. be a sheriff. Yeah, he outbids someone. The Jawas get it. He outbids someone. There's a little bit of violence in there. And long story short, there's some criminal syndicates on uh, Tatooine that have moved in and the follow, following the fall of Jabba, yeah. uh, who had his own kind of authority in a way. So he becomes a sheriff of something called Freetown, and, and Cobb Vanth is revealed to be like a former slave who wears the armor, and they never say 
They never say it's Boba Fett's armor, but there's this. It's it's just it is. It's pretty clear it is. And someone yeah. later on refers to it as you. You don't have the. You don't even. You know, deserve to wear that armor. Like yeah. Just, so well, it's, yeah. So there's. It's interesting, and there's no confirming or denying that Cobb Vanth is a Mandalorian by right. heritage. Right. He could be. He could, could not be. be. Yeah. Um, what are you wanting, Jennifer? I want a new character. I think that it would be. I, I just imagine John Favreau, like you know, if this really was from his fourteen-year-old memoir, uh, not memoirs, uh, notebooks. <laughs> you know, that it, this is just some character that he created, and and I just think that it's going to be easier for all fans or non-fans to get into the story. They're not going to have to really know too much about anything. They could just dive right in. I like that. Yeah, I think that yeah. perspective of knowing that he has been thinking about this for a long time yes. makes it more like. Maybe, sure, if he had an idea, maybe the story group could say, like, actually, that really matches Tristan Rand, so why don't you just make him that? Like, maybe. Right. But right. I do feel more uh, more the pull that it is a new character. And I feel the, the pull that it's called The Mandalorian, not The Mandalorian Armor. Right. That I feel like, <laughs> and we'll talk about it more with the Django Boba confusion, I feel like this has got to be about someone who is, uh, you know, demonstrating in a live action. Mm. What what is a Mandalorian? What is a Mandalorian who's not on Mandalore? What is a Mandalorian in this age? What does it mean to this character to be a Mandalorian? Um, there've been a lot of interesting things talking about how Boba Fett was kind of mm. what the world, the galaxy was seen a, 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 as a Mandalorian during the time of the Galactic Civil War. So is this is this somebody going out there and reclaiming the honor? Uh, Boba I, Fett's gone, and now I'm going to show the whole galaxy what it truly means to be. A Mandalorian. A Mandalorian. Mm. I I really like that angle to it. Yeah, and and I look. I don't have Wikipedia open in, in front of me right now. It's not databank brawl, but you know, <laughs> I'm going off my memory of, of what Boba and Django Fett are, are supposed to be. Now, not Mandalorians. Django stole the armor. A lot of this came from George Lucas. All that, yep. and, and there might be details that I'm I'm skipping or leaving out here. But so I really like what you're saying. It's like though this is the Mandalorian, the the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and 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 what that means to him and why it could connect to the Mandalorian culture yeah. in a live action Bo-Katan or any of those kind of things that we've been talking about. So he can still be out in the dusty plains of the Outer Rim, but still be oh, running away from his culture and yeah. people and everything. What does all that mean? Yeah. yeah, let's dive into that a little bit yeah. because there had been so many rumors that it was going to be about the Mandalorians, plural, right, and we even right. did a whole episode right. about Mandalore and like what would it be if it was mostly set in the area of space that they control? Right. Uh, so do we think that this means it's going to be this guy and the people he meets out in the galaxy, or do you think he'll be going back and forth to Mandalore? Maybe since Filoni's directing that first episode, maybe it is him breaking away from Mandalore or being told to leave Mandalore. But do you think mm. Mandalore itself is going to be a presence? I think you're right, Ken. I think we'll see the culture in some way, but I think that he's trying to leave it. Mm. For uh, That's my sense. The lone gunfighter. Yeah. He is out on his own. Maybe they pushed him out. Maybe he wanted out. I think we could see it in flashbacks or maybe like they come after him for some reason um, and there's that conflict. Or maybe, yeah, who knows? I mean, then, then we could even get into like some... F- family stuff yeah i don't know family drama yeah i wrote um, down that particular sentence because yeah. you're right yeah we follow the travails of a lone gunfighter in the outer reaches of the galaxy far from the authority of the new republic right mm. right mm. yeah i i don't know i think that there's a lot to explore but i mean i would hope that we would see more mandalorians and learn more about the culture you yeah know, you have to 
Yeah, well, I mean, I you mean, don't have to. It says we follow the travails of a lone gunfighter. I mean, it's sort of, it's sort of not. I think to me, the question is, how much are we going to see flashbacks? How much is the first episode going to be? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we get a lot of Mandalore dump from Dave Filoni. Right. Info dump, <laughs> <laughs> not a dump in any other form. Yeah. Uh, but I kind of like the idea because there's also nothing about this that says he's a bounty hunter. A lone gunfighter could be totally that I have my own moral code. Right. And it might be really interesting if he's like, I don't like where Mandalore has ended up here in the era of the dawning New Republic. Right. I don't think that's right. I got I got a code of my own. Mm. And it's mm. not Boba Fettered what Boba Fettered Django put out into the galaxy. It's mine. It's the true. It's not Concord Dawn. It's not any of that. Yeah. I know the way to be a Mandalorian, and I'm just going to go do it by myself. Mm-hmm. I, I that's that's, that's what I'm more intrigued by. And and if Filoni wasn't involved, and I'm just talking about directing, uh, if he hadn't, you know, been working on Favreau, saw the picture from Skywalker Ranch yeah. and everything, yeah. I I would say I would almost say this series would be nothing to do with Mandalore, but everything to do with this Mandalorian. But I think we're going to get some of it. Just but I. I don't want it to get bogged down in that. If, based on this pitch, I'm I'm intrigued by this pitch yeah. out and about because you can travel around and 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 I want to know. I want to know where the Mandalorians were during the Galactic Civil War. Yeah. I want to know that because they were under you know they were fighting for the Imperials in that Sabine Ren arc, at least in one section of them. You know, Gar yeah. Saxon and all that stuff. So there's a lot there. There's a lot there, but I'm really intrigued by this travails of a lone gunfighter. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about the Django Boba controversy. <laughs> uh, so the beginning of this announcement was after the stories of Django and Boba Fett, another warrior emerges in the Star Wars universe. So uh, to me, I, I feel like uh, that's a great way to just say it to people who are not hardcore Star Wars people. Of like this person who you recognize is looking like Django and Boba, yeah. mm-hmm. but it's not them. It's a, a way to tell you, this is not Boba Fett. Yeah. Don't right. don't freak out. It's not a Boba Fett movie yeah. or a TV show. Um, but Django and Boba's relationship with Mandalorians is twisted because it's mostly, there's a passing line in Clone Wars where one character says Django is not a Mandalorian. He just took that. And then, of course, by extension, Boba would not be. Right. But this is from, I believe it's from Olmec, who's a liar. Right. And a traitor. Oh. So... Who right, knows? Right. Who knows? Uh, but then we also know from behind the scenes that Filoni has said at different times that George was big on Django and Boba are not Mandalorians. Uh, I think uh, Pablo Hidalgo answered that on a tweet. So like that's the kind of thing you're going to. It's like, well, actually, if you look at a Twitter feed of a person who says they don't even want their Twitter feed to be about Star Wars, then, uh, no offense to Mr. Hidalgo, that's what he says right now, but we still go to canon answers in his replies. So uh, <laughs> there's so much to be entertained. I just I love George Lucas with every fiber of my being, <laughs> and I love that George is so wrapped up in Clone Wars. And so, but he that he is strong. No, no, Django is not a Mandalorian. <laughs> but really, you've basically established that he has the arm. Boba Fett. You introduced the character. This is the reason Mandalore exists. This, <laughs> Joe Johnston and company made some cool ass <laughs> armor. Some outfits. We've got all these people cosplaying. Mando Marks. Yep. And you're over here like, no. Uh, no, sorry. <laughs> and I yeah. love George Ford. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm going to ask this a question, but I'm going to start with a statement. Start it, yeah. I want this show, I want the first episode to be Dave Filoni artfully just <laughs> dealing with it. Yeah. Just deal with it. Clarify it. Is Django just an absolute marauder? Does everyone on Mandalore hate this guy? Is he Corellian? And he came in and he stole it. And that's what the galaxy thinks a Mandalorian is. Or is it he betrayed what they think the spirit of the Mandalorian is? So they reject just 
just nail it, yeah. nail it down, so yeah. we don't have to have a cool release like this, and then have a have us all in our hearts and souls yeah. as pedantic nerds go. Actually, there, technically, we do not believe there, Madelard. Yeah, which is exactly <laughs> yeah. I that whole announcement. I'm reading my car. I'm like, but no, what? Ah! <laughs> Nail it down. So, yes. Uh, now that I've yes. lost my mind, how do you how do you yes. both feel? Yeah, they have to deal with this for fans like my husband, as we've talked about before, <laughs> where he's still, you know, he was confused. And he needs help. <laughs> John Favreau, please. Please, well, just for lay Jennifer's it out there. husband. Yeah, you know, and, and it could just be a quick little, like what you're saying, like a, l- a little moment, you know, a couple lines where they just they just address it and yeah. just end it. It's it's look, and I <laughs> I think I addressed it on a council. I think I talked to you off air about this, Joe. So I'm just going to talk about this here. Okay. So uh, I interviewed an old, older, uh, an actor friend of mine from the Groundlings 20 years ago. I hadn't seen the guy in five years. Oh, and we're wow. doing, we did an interview. And then all of a sudden, like afterwards, he's like, oh, I looking around my apartment. Uh, Star Wars, huh? Yeah, he's a big part of your life. <laughs> he goes, yeah, my friend's, uh, my friend's Boba Fett in the new series. And I just went, huh? What are you talking about? He goes, yeah, he's in there. I guess there's like a, they're doing like a TV show. And I was like, yeah. Because yeah, my friend's, <laughs> friend's Boba Fett. He's playing Boba Fett. And I go, well, wait a minute. Oh, my God. Wait a minute. Boba Fett, he goes, well, I mean, he's got, like, the armor on everything. I'm like, oh... I think I think you're just referring to a Boba Fett, <laughs> just a thing that's a that's a Boba Fett. But that is what immediately you're up against now. Yeah, it's mm. like calling it a Star Wars. Go see a Star Wars. Go see a Star Wars. I and saw a Boba Fett at a convention. Like, <laughs> that yes, is Tristan Wren actually. Yes, right. Yeah, yes. right. Exactly. And that is part of what this is. And now, come to find, out, I think there's some other sources. Uh, if, if anyone who's a Schmodown fan was watching the live Patreon. In Q&A I was doing, Jen Sturger walks in and knows I'm on air and goes, do you want to hear a scoop? My friend's in that costume. And I think this the picture that was released, it's B-roll, B-team, B-unit footage that's being shot right now. Uh-huh. I don't think even the cast is locked down. So the person potentially in that costume that we see in that picture is Clint Eastwood's grandson. All right. And what? I think there's some connection. So I think that's he's just... Not a body double, but stuntman. You know what I mean? That makes That's not Pedro sense. Pascal in there. Yes. That's not anyone else in there. So all the stuff. All that to say, other than I got a cool little scoop, and that's how you get scoops, accidentally from your friend who blabs. But this is what the show needs to do, though. Yeah. Clarify, because there's an entire group of Star Wars fans who are like, oh, a Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah. And we need to have some, we need some to, clarity. And Dave Filoni, I don't think, is gonna sleep at night if he doesn't clarify. Right. Wait yeah. a minute. Wait a minute. So this is now that that's guy, we could spend a whole hour on just that scoop. Yeah. That's pretty amazing that they put basically like another actor just in, a, yeah, the, in the costume because they needed to get this out there. It's B unit footage. Yeah. Which makes sense because they, yeah. they I've been reading all this stuff about how they're still just casting. They're still cast yeah, exactly. And that's a so, and, and a lot of times you guys hear me say that I'm talking to the audience here, not just in general. Um, you know, this town's very small. That's where a lot of this news comes from. Mm-hmm. It's I, I know a friend who's an accountant for big budget films, and he could tell me st- that's how this town works. And so that's where I think I think we're going to get this answer. I think yeah. we need to get this answer. Absolutely. I don't believe it's Bob. Absolutely. I was trying to look up the gentleman's name because I can't remember it off the top of my head. I, yeah. I hope that who's actually in that armor in that shot yeah. is the uh, guy that got to to play Boba Fett in the special editions with the uh, the, <laughs> the, glasses. the glasses and Weird the mustache Al. the Weird accountant Al. looking guy yeah <laughs> I used to have his name memorized when I was uh, when I was fully trained up for, for uh, trivia for Star Wars trivia oh that would be awesome sorry I went off a t- yeah but it, it it just made me think of this it's an important tangent uh, in, yeah. while while we're on that tangent just uh, quickly yeah. if this is truly a uh, new Mandalorian mm-hmm. 
Um, do you, how do you feel about it if this does sort of just shut out Boba Fett for a while? Mm. Not uh, like there sc- still could be a Boba Fett movie, but maybe it's set in you know the earlier times, but while the Empire's reign and the more the Solo underworld, and not mm. we're not going to get the classic legends. Boba Fett blasting out like we know, we know <laughs> in canon his armor is around but like is this shutting the door on post Return of the Jedi Boba Fett and just saying the, his, the armor got out and he's dead no oh you say no no what are you what are you saying I'm saying yeah shut saying, him out shut I'm him out I'm saying that they're close they're closing the door on that chapter Wait, that doesn't make sense. They're closing the the book on that chapter. What you know what I mean? (laughs) They're just they're they're yeah. No Boba Fett. No Boba Fett in a doorway and slamming. (laughs) Yeah, because I think that there's Boba Fett comes with some baggage, (laughs) and and I think that he's beloved. Uh And there's uh also a lot of fans that feel like meh. So I think that that this new Mandalorian character is going to get people excited, Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. this is going to kind of be the new generation. I I. I'm I'm with you in the sense uh, that that I, I I want it to be new. I don't want it to be even Cobb Vanth, the character I love, um, and Boba Fett. I'm, I'm fine with you know what I mean. I do want Boba Fett maybe season two. No, no armor. Oh, ooh. Whether it's Daniel Logan or not, it doesn't matter to me. I mean, I I think it'd be cool for Daniel Logan, but like you know what I mean, like and that this guy, at some point, this Mandalorian, this lone gunfighter runs in or has some interaction with Boba Fett, and oh, that's where maybe yeah. our answer comes. Okay, I like that. Later on. I like that. Later on. That would be great. Don Beast. <laughs> oh, my. That name's even per- more perfect than I could have remembered. <laughs> Don Beast is the gentleman who played Boba Fett. Yeah, I would still like to see uh, some Boba Fett content, mm-hmm. um, but I think it would be interesting to, uh, to do that in that Galactic Civil War period at his height mm-hmm. uh, and i would still like the character to to have survived but i think ken what you're saying would be really intriguing right just like a, little, a cantina meetup yeah or like, like maybe he's maybe yeah. he's done maybe he was moved on right and he's yeah. not he's not wearing the armor and he's got a, he's got a different uh, gig mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. he's doing karaoke i don't yeah. want that <laughs> anyway uh, <laughs> <I> do. <laughs> <laughs> boba fett sings yeah. all of our musical episodes all right let's talk about that director list mm-hmm. um you got uh, Jennifer. You already went down it. Who who are you excited for? Oh, who are you most excited for? Because this is a surprising list. It's a great. Uh, yeah, list. I mean, it's, it's got. There's a ton of variety, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and there's a ton of big names mm-hmm. and experience. Yeah, Bryce Dallas Howard's only done short films, I think. Right? Yes. Yeah, but huge amount of experience uh, yeah. in the industry. Oh yeah, 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 right? yeah. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, no, no, not, no. I mean, behind the camera. Yeah, right, yeah. But. yeah. I don't mean sort of. Yeah, you know, I just mean like that's interesting to me. But like, that's a different perspective to say yeah. like, yeah, this episode of our television show is uh, going to be directed by a huge star. Right? Mm-hmm. No, who's the the daughter of uh, someone who just, I, in my mind, uh, really did a spectacular job of solo yeah um yeah no 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 yeah i, didn't, I don't mean experience like that like she couldn't i just was like this is that right. interest, that entrance to be like wow this yes. is what you this is a great shot yeah, it's a um big step uh, so all right so I, this is this great list i'm most excited for felony but i don't know if it's for the directing thing it's just what he can bring i am i am wonderfully nervous for tika waititi yeah meaning <laughs> like i'm like awesome i love everything you do Everything you do is definitely your style. Yeah. So is this the funny episode? Is this a shake weight joke episode? Yeah. It might be, and I'm okay with that. But I'm like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Yeah. Uh, What about you, Jennifer? Who are you excited for? What I love about all these directors is that they all know how to do comedy within dramas, within, Mm. you know, and and there's a lot of emotional uh, stuff that they work with. Like, I love Rick. Rick Fami Yiwa, excuse yeah. me if I'm messing up his name. He did Dope, 
which yeah. I loved dope. It was so great. Uh, funny, geeky, but also kind of like thrilling. Mm. Um, Bryce Dallas Howard did a great uh, acting performance in Black Mirror. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but what I loved about it was it was dark. It was dark, but there's comedy woven throughout it. And so obviously with Favreau, you know there's going to be comedy woven throughout it. So I, I'm I'm really excited about this list. Um, obviously Mm -hmm. Deborah Chow from Jessica Jones. She's directed some episodes. She has a very impressive resume. Can't wait. I can't wait. I'm totally. And I just saw this and was like, uh, this is going to have an element of comedy within, within drama. I mean, obviously Favreau, like you're saying leans towards that, but yeah, Jessica Jones has a ton of comedy within an Mm. extremely dark world. Yes, exactly. Uh, so, and, and I think, uh, Taiki Waititi just mm. he just absolutely you you have to or else it is the like the Mandalorian gets knocked on the head and has a dream sequence like yeah. tonally you have this has to have some comedy to it yeah. or it's gonna be you know I think that's what I'm most excited about is some of these people do have a little bit more of an auteur style and mm-hmm. it's been yes. a thing that uh, Star Wars has wrestled with and this yeah. is a great way to wrestle with it is to see if does that one uh, episode really work when it's still but when it's a very much an auteur. Because I, I don't have the tweet in front of me or the quote, I apologize, but uh, Tekka Waititi at one point was asked about doing a Star Wars thing and he made some kind of crack. And it, and it seemed like at times it was like a defense of Lord Miller and he was like, I, I, I want to make my own choices. Or It was something like that where mm. it seemed like, and again, maybe this wasn't on the table. And uh, I'm so, but so yes, that shows me that to bring him into this, they, he had probably said, yo, I'm going to do what I do. Yeah, you know? yeah, I'll, I'll make it a Star War, but Ooh. I'm going to do what I do, which is what he did so well with Ragnarok. Yeah, and when I say I'm wonderfully, like, excitedly nervous, I'm just, like, he, uh, what we do in the shadows. Yeah, <laughs> we're not werewolves, we're werewolves. I mean, I love that humor. First season, Fly of the Concords. It's oh, one I of my favorite. Like, I love this kind of offbeat, off kilter New Zealand humor he yeah. brings, and I'm really curious. I'm really curious about how it plays out. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So do you want it to be an episode uh, kind of story a week or do you want it to be all one really connected thing? Because we're really at a crossroads with our, our storytelling, especially if this is only going to be mm-hmm. uh, n- no confirmations of anything. But if it is going to be kind of 10, 12, 13 episodes, the way a lot of shows like this are mm-hmm. on streaming platforms, mm-hmm. do you want it to be a story a week or really tightly connected? I think it's got to be one long movie. Yeah, nice. It's going to be one big connected story. That's to me those those are the most successful. Oh, I love Black Mirror though, and that's random stories every week. Uh, but yeah, no, I think that that makes the most sense. One big connected story that we can binge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we we look at the Game of Thrones model. Um, what we might be seeing with Lord of the Rings and Wheel of Time, all these big kind of epic fantasy shows and everything, and to see see it here, I, I want it to be one big movie, but to be contained in enough, much like yeah. a Game of Thrones episode. It can't be like even Rebels, which is connected, but had those episodes that were just completely its own little thing. You yeah. Know? And we'll get back to the, the Hera's running a mission. We'll see you next <laughs> week. Like, I, I want this to be interconnected, a journey. Uh, and I want, I almost want to, I, I want to be able to be uh, a little resentful that it's a binge show. I want to wait. <laughs> I wish I could, I want to feel as though I should wait week to week to get the cliffhangers answered. Yeah. You know? Mm. Yeah. That makes sense. I hope it does what the best seasons of Doctor Who, and I know I'm using up all of my quota of mentioning Doctor Who on the Star Wars podcast. It's the week to do it, sir. The best seasons of Doctor Who establish an 
overarching story mm-hmm. and the characters are always affected by what's going on. It's, it's often, it's all awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. Often from the Buffy model as well, where there's a, a, a big bad or a problem coming down the line that the main character has to deal with, but that still leaves room for individual episodes to stand out and be the one that you show people who like, who've never, you know, wanted to give it a try before you can watch this. If you've never you know, been a Star Wars fan or you haven't, if you've given up on it, just check out the one Deborah Chow episode right. and it will pull uh, you in. Mm-hmm. So I hope it, that it, it does barrel forward and connect, but it's still room to have that, like those individual style episodes. Right. Uh, uh, like that. Yeah. So final question for this section, then we'll move on to our other main topic. Do you think all the Mandalorian announcements will or should be made on John Favreau's Instagram? Mm-hmm. Yes, why not? Yeah. Ron Howard, <laughs> Ryan Johnson, now JJ. That is the best source of information. Continue the tradition of the directors just announce on Instagram. Yeah, I like it better on Instagram than, than Twitter mm-hmm. or uh, Facebook. I right. don't know. I just like Instagram. <laughs> yeah. And there's more positivity on you Instagram, just I, I scroll find. Puppies, pancakes, dogs, the Mandalorian. Yeah, okay. So now I've got, I'm going to follow him. I'm not following him yet, so now I will. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, more yeah, more actually, uh, announcements good. on Instagram, but please some filters, some sunsets, John Favreau. <laughs> yeah, great point. Yeah, yeah right. no, great. But you, yeah. you, I saw your wonderful tweet, and as always, your humor is funny, but also insightful. I was like, yeah, it didn't fit on Instagram for me. It was just like this. <laughs> there was no like, go to go to Photoshop, clip some pictures, buddy. Like, yeah, really. <laughs> I mean, he did that. Yeah, yeah. he made that an MS word. I think. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah, it almost like it was. It was step up from just like copying and pasting your notebook. But like, <laughs> I actually would have liked that. Better if it was handwritten <laughs> by John Favreau. Oh, that would have actually been cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, awesome. All right, that's the show. We'll see you next week. <laughs> oh, wait, we got a second main topic. It's Star Wars Resistance. This was the big debut of a much-anticipated show for a lot of different reasons. It's it's uh, the follow-up uh, in spirit, in a way, to Rebels. It's not the same timeline. It's not the same characters. It's not Ahsoka and Sabine looking for Ezra, but it was received with a lot of positivity in terms of just what it was set in the Force Awakens sequel era. We've got this show uh, with new characters, new stories, new canon, and it dropped three episodes into our lap this weekend. We're going to dive into Star Wars Resistance right now. So, overall, Joseph, Jennifer, we have taken this all in. We've made our notes. What are your overall thoughts about Star Wars Resistance, Jen? I I liked it. Although, (laughs) you know, the problem was is that I, because there were three episodes and I was not paying attention, I clicked on the third episode and was a little confused. I mean, I... (laughs) This is a bad pilot. I don't know anything about this. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, I knew because of the trailers. I'm like, all right, we're just jumping right into it. Okay. Um, And then I watched the second episode. I'm like, I feel like I'm missing something. And then I went to the, the... the third you quotes. Benjamin buttoned uh, the Star Wars <laughs> yeah. resistance and I was like oh this is great this is really cinematic we what this is how why is this 45 minutes oh that uh, <laughs> kind of screwed things up. I made a huge mistake understandably <laughs> yeah. so you're saying you feel it's best to watch in the correct order <laughs> please do if you have not watched it yet start with the pilot although I will say like the pilot for me felt very different than the other two episodes in tone mm-hmm. a little bit not not drastic. Yeah. But it was it was a fun show. Yeah. Fun show indeed, Joseph. I think for me the biggest thing was just it looks so beautiful. Mm. It's really just exciting does. to look at all the bright colors. I love the cell shading. I love it just honestly looks beautiful, not just the animation, but what's being animated. 
yeah. the ocean. And then the second episode, the big thunderstorm on the ocean. Like I could feel it. I could smell it almost. Yeah. It just looks so beautiful. It feels fresh. It feels really new. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the that it is uh, at its base. It seems right now that it is for a younger audience. Mm-hmm. And that it is uh, like that third episode in particular where Kaz just meets a mean boy. <laughs> it felt like a Star Wars after school special of like sometimes people say friendly things, but they're actually being very mean. They're being and you, tricky. And you should tell the adult and they'll yeah. get you out of it. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, it totally felt like I'm watching a Star Wars PSA, which I didn't mind because it's for a younger audience. But yeah. then I'm fascinated because everything that we talked about kind of came to play of at the surface half the episodes seem to be Kaz going BB-8 we gotta run over here yeah. and it's fun and exciting and I think legitimately funny but at the edges of this is this deep complexity that is not as simple as we're the rebellion we're yeah. the good guys the empire's bad and we should fight them Right. he's got all these things to do yeah. he's got all these heroes who don't want to fight again he's got his father denying the existence we're gonna uh, you know yeah. calling the resistance extremists we're gonna talk about all that but I love the complexity at the edges of this very straightforward, exciting, vibrant, youthful show. I was really into it in terms of just, uh, this is fun. Some of it's not for me in the sense of, yep, I'm now feeling my age in a good way. Just like, okay. We're well aware that some people are jerks, even when they say friendly things. We've learned that lesson. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So beautiful is the right way to describe it. Some of those shots when they're flying, cinematic, you know, some of the things I I really love about Force Awakens, what JJ and his team did, is some of the shots of Poe and Jess Pava flying, and it's on the outside of the X-Wing, and it looks like, and they had some of those shots in there, and it's really, yeah, the pilot is very cinematic. Again, the opening shot with the the droid, I forget Kaz's astromech droid's name. I know Bucket. Yeah. Yeah, C4, yeah. C4, explosive uh, droid, that is. Go blue Michigan droid. Yeah, yeah, it is. (laughs) Um, So that it pulled me in, but so I would, there was at no point where I would write off this series. Don't get me wrong, but there were there was a point where I'm like, all right, you know, it, it you know Elijah Woods uh, guest starring and teaching a lesson of this and that. But you're right. Then the stuff started popping in where I'm like, where where is this gonna go? And does this have the potential to go place that I couldn't imagine right now? Yeah, and I think it could. I I think it is. Buried with the the more you know lessons, yeah, could be uh, uh, stuff, and it, it's a little bit more because rebels. Even we're, we can talk about where that rebel started. Rebels didn't seem to be as don't steal the jugan fruit or jogan fruit. Don't yeah. do it. Like it just it. This one has a little bit more of yeah. that. To be clear, but there's some stuff going on there. So early standout characters or moments. Uh, we'll get some of our overall thoughts. I'm going to start diving in here. Um, things, uh, even minor characters, you know, Joseph, you and I like the janitor yeah. creature. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a cranky pumpkin head. Pumpkin. Head. Yeah. I, don't, yeah. I haven't, the, the, the sheer volume of fun aliens mm-hmm. is I think one of the most exciting things uh, about it to me. I really love uh, Orca. The uh, Chadra fan who, mm. who in, in I can't remember the other character, Flix, I think. Flix. That's it. That's what I was yeah. thinking. Yeah, Flix and Orca. And that, especially as Kaz entered, there's like so much Legend of Zelda influence. That feels like a cutscene of Legend of Zelda where Link encounters quirky people yeah. who need him to go on a mission yeah. and they say quirky, weird, fun things. There's <laughs> one of my favorite things in Legend of Zelda. You have to, uh, you're trying to do some mission and there's just this fun creature who's talking to you from a mountain. He says, I'm sorry to talk to you from such a high place. <laughs> It's got that like very sort of specific quirky yeah. humor from all those characters. Like even that little pumpkin head janitor yeah. thing is just like, why did you just walk on what I just cleaned? 
Like it totally is. Yeah, I love some like some of the all the little background stuff is some yeah. of the most fun to me. The, a lot of stuff to dig in, Jen. Things that stood out to you early on. I love those those weird characters. For me, Flix and Orca, the, those uh, two characters. When that scene was happening, I was like, oh, I kind of just want an episode with just these two. That's that's yeah, Moynihan and Rash, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, that's okay. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just were great. Um, uh, overall, I loved Aunt Z, the bartender. I thought that was a fun thing to have. Yeah. No, she's not a bartender. I don't know what. Uh, you, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Barkeep, proprietor, proprietor yeah. of proprietor, a cantina. Well, they're not drinking alcohol. I mean, it's it's. Is it applied? I you know, I rewatched uh, the pilot this morning, and Poe Dameron in describing the Colossus, he describes it as a scum of hive and villainy, and it's in a kids' show type. Yeah, style I think way. those oh, bad really? those bad yeah. kids are clinking glasses, and I don't I don't uh, think they're drinking Jogan fruit juice. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, but yeah, I loved how cinematic the first episode was. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a, a lot of a lot of fun little things, fun little details. Yeah, I like a lot of the 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 characters. I mean, I, I really like Jaeger. We'll talk a little bit more yeah. Uh, yeah, later great. because of what uh, some of the implications with the character is that uh, it brings and just you know his past. It's really interesting stuff. Um, but, but I like uh, I you know funny little talk about little characters in watching the pilot this morning. There's this that old guy with the big bushy mustache, and he's sitting oh, at the yeah. bar, and he doesn't like move during <laughs> anything, and he shows up again, and he like doesn't move. I'm like waiting for them to be like, oh yeah, he you know was, was in the battle of Death Star, the first Death Star. Yeah. Like, he just got it's it's something, and every time I keep my eye keeps going to it, I'm like who is that guy? So who funny. is that guy? So there's a lot of stuff there, and there's bigger connections. When I say bigger connections, I mean smaller connections. Mm-hmm. Joseph, we got a lot of things here right off the bat. We got pit droids. We got Carillion hyperfuel. Yeah, yeah. We got a lot of different aliens. You know, we got a Snaggletooth. Snaggletooth yeah, alert. Yeah, a couple of Snaggletooths. Uh, yeah, we got uh, that primary character that we've seen a lot, who's the Alenia yeah. uh, from Aline, yes. uh, same as Rats Tyrell, mm-hmm. and featured in a bunch of Clone Wars uh, yep. episodes <laughs> uh, as well. So that, that's for, and then that son of a Slimo actually using that insult <laughs> from the prequels was great. I think one of the deep cuts that I I paused the credits. Because like that is the announcer from the uh, the the pod race in Phantom Menace, right? And sure enough, it is Greg Proops. And that's not weird enough. I was like, are they going to credit him as is Fode? Yeah, uh, I believe he's Fode, not Bead. Um, and he, instead, he's playing a character called Jack Sivrak. Yeah, which is a reference to the werewolf character who is removed, Lack Sivrak. So it's like, this is just like, oh my goodness, really, really Ooh. diving deep. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I started to explain all this stuff to my wife, and she's like, wow, wow, <laughs> wow, wow. Can we yeah. just watch the next episode? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of stuff. Jennifer, anything jump out to you? Yeah, some I of the lo- connections. I love that. I love seeing, you know, uh, what's nine? Um, Sol- Solistan? Solistan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Solistan, yeah. Yeah, just seeing all these characters animated in this really cool style that got me really excited. Yeah, yeah. Trandosian, uh, Nautilus, yes, uh, the Ithlor. Ithorian, I, always, Ithorian, I yeah. always had an L in there, and I don't know why, because it's the shape of their head. But when I when I heard him speak, it, it was that early yeah, New noise. Hope canteen. Yeah. It was right. so great. Yep, that's what they sound like. Kai, not Kai Thranali, but but the uh, what is it? What are they called? Abednedo. Abednedo. Yeah, yeah. yeah he walked by a little little extra Abednedo. Oh, and I love yeah. the, blo- the they're on the the blockade runner, you know, type. Oh, yeah. I've seen battle battle Scarif all the way up to Endor, like from wow, Scarif to Jakku. Yeah, yeah, that was that was powerful. Did you accept that to be Tanta V four? No, 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 no. I thought, I thought, I thought. No, well, that's a good question. I didn't think mm. about that. 
Yeah, oh, wow. we'll, we'll see. But I mean, oh, I, wow. I thought that was why the Scarif line was there to clarify, because yeah. technically it was at the Battle of Scarif. Oh, yeah. You know what's funny? I didn't even think about that. If that oh, is the one. The one. And you know? still kind of have it in her fleet. I like yeah. that. It's like she wow. can't get rid of the 55 Chevy in her garage. She's like, <laughs> no, that means a lot to me. Yeah. Wow, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Pause on that one. Yeah. Huh? Great stuff. Uh, do we like the style of stories, the humor? It is definitely different in tone uh, in Rebels, maybe pacing than Rebels. Mm. I'm trying to, uh, I'm rewatching season three Rebels. I haven't gone back to season one, but you know, by season three, we're a little, we're a little darker, deeper with some silly stuff. Don't, don't get me wrong. But yeah. this one, and I don't mean in a bad way, it just played a little different, more sitcom-y at times. Am yeah. I wrong there? No, no, no. And I think that's purposeful. And I think it's, I liked it. I, I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Like some of it is just like, yeah, of course this is not for right. me because it's a little bit repetitive. It's driving the point home. <laughs> it's, you know, it's having that rhythm of things happening so kids can get used to this this rhythm um but there are things that made me laugh i think uh toradoza is like a great switch on you know the scary pilot who's the best would normally be like a sabalba character who mocks you and he's like i hope you do well i am <laughs> yeah. gonna beat you but please don't die like that's a great subversion <laughs> that so makes good. her yeah. an interesting character and a funny character um mm-hmm. bucket was killing me in the third episode yeah there's one place where he just has like the classic vaudeville cross where somebody just moves flat across the screen <laughs> yeah. and in panic there's like that's yeah. great. Yeah. So yeah. there's definitely some of the humor that I, I think there's a time where BB-8 just shook his head no that cracked me up. Oh, and the, and the, I kept wanting to listen to episodes of Happy Beeps because they definitely, they definitely use, they the, use, they the, use that. <laughs> that. I know. I was laughing so hard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer, the humor, anything uh, negative? Anything I you loved hit? it. I love the humor. And that was when I was like, oh, I wish my daughter was awake so I could uh, show her. Um, because to me, that's where like you can really, kids just, the, that kind of broad physical humor um, it just kind of, you know, they get engrossed in these stories and then they have those moments. So like, ah, that's so fun. It gets them even more excited about it, at least mm-hmm. with my daughter. Um, and I think that that would be a good way to grab her attention because she is only three, almost mm-hmm. and a half. I think for older kids, obviously, it's a little bit different. If she can stay up to 10 o'clock yeah. you know, yeah, I know. or watch it on the app. And I think I all Niku stuff is like, Oh, solid. I forgot about Niku. Yeah, it's solid and funny. I think for me, it, d- it doesn't super mm-hmm. crack me up. A couple of them did, um, right. but I feel like it is just like, especially for a kid who's just uh, really getting into it. His humor of just being, I'm going to be literal. Yes. Yeah, it, like, it, as kids are learning language, that's uh, funny to them. Amelia yeah. Bedelia. She does every. This is a story that we're like literally everything she says. She takes everything very literally, and yeah. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Because she's like tall and lanky, just like him. <laughs> He's Amelia Bedelia. Is it anything like Fancy Nancy? No. Yeah, it's kids podcast, Star Wars. In a post oh. uh, Drax world too. This is big in pop culture, but it's a trope that's been yeah. around, and, and and so it 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 was familiar to me, but played really well. I actually did like a yeah. lot of the lines too. Uh, we talking about themes here. We it might be hard to predict some of the bigger themes going on but early on I, I'm most interested Kaz is our, is our main character and they really really went into his upbringing his, his home life he's mm-hmm. old enough to be in the New Republic Navy flying mm-hmm. around as a pilot but he's still young and i really intrigued that it comes back to this thing a few times his dad a senator is like I did everything for you I got you into the fancy flight school you want I did everything oh you know, do I need to help you again and him wanting to do something that maybe the being an ace pilot might not be what the family wanted. Right. And he's going to do things on his own. I, I thought that was a really interesting young adult theme. Yeah, it's a great theme for showing the story of the galaxy, too, of like, oh, of, of course his father, the powerful senator who has mm-hmm. carefully shaped his son's life, doesn't want to admit that something could fundamentally change 
the galaxy because mm. he's fashioned his life the way he wants it to be. It's right. why in history people have denied obvious mm-hmm. problems on Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I don't, I've got a system, and I don't, no, I don't want anybody to mess up the system. I have power, and I want to keep it. I want to keep it. Uh, so that's really cool. Yeah, I, I feel like the, the the big theme that I felt kept being teased out is uh, motivations of mm. what do you truly want, right? Because they go at the effort in the pilot to set up Nico's. Uh, motivation. I think the motivation of a lot of people of if we win at the races, if we mm-hmm. do well, we'll get to live in the nice place right. where the nice food is. So there's this nice, just base like the hallways we, are even better. Yeah. yeah, the hallways are even. We want comfort, and then I feel like with Kaz, it's so much of he wants to be a spy. He wants to make a difference, but is it, does he truly want that? Mm-hmm. Is or is it because he just wants to defy his parents? Right. You know. And I think as all of these characters are inevitably going to have to accept the reality of the First Order, we're going to see them have to decide, what do I want? Mm-hmm. I like that a lot because uh, how does your three-year-old feel about that? No, but it is when you hear this stuff play out. And then, you know, we got uh, the, the, the Tor, Tor Dozer, Tam, Tam Dozer, Tam Dozer. <laughs> the names are. I it's, haven't written them down. It's a lot of work. Doza's uh, daughter, Tor Dozer, is, yeah. uh, Do- Doza, so close to Dolza from Robotech. Oh, oh boy! Oh my goodness! <laughs> you know, she her father's up there. We haven't heard a word from him. He's what you know. What yeah. relationship does she have with him? Mm. Because she's so positive and bright and everything. Does this what she wanted? Yeah, th- there's potential for that kind of stuff. Yeah, to play out. yeah, absolutely. Uh, I like that a lot. So there's a lot of themes like that, and then and then the theme. Uh, you know, again, I, I want to talk about during the State of the Galaxy discussion, but but Jaeger kind of like. I, I I don't want to fight it again or anymore. Or I, mm-hmm. I, what and what did he lose? Yeah, you know all With those kind of photo, things. Yeah, yeah. Right. so there's some big stuff going on there, which is why you said it so well, Joseph. On on the edge, we got droid jokes and Niku jokes and everything, but on the edge, there's some bigger stuff coming down the pipeline. I do want to talk about the setting. This is set in one spot, at least right now. It is a little bit of uh, Deep Space uh, 90, uh, if you will. Um, we yeah. are on this fuel platform, the Colossus, on this planet Castion, Castion, Catalan, Castellan, Castaway Restaurant in Burbank. <laughs> I don't know. I, maybe more than anything, loved this setting. Yes. Because there's so much. It's big. It's got a marketplace, a new cantina, new Star Wars games. We're going to play Space Starts. Yeah. All those kind of things. I love the potential of where it's set. What do you guys feel about this, the platform? Yeah, I liked it. If you jump off, Jennifer, you might die because there's things in the water that eat little things. That was scary. (laughs) It did kind of remind me of BSG a little bit. Battlestar Galactica. You know, the idea of the, they're all hanging out and playing, playing games and whatnot. Um, I thought it was interesting. I liked it. I loved the shots of the water. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really beautiful. I it love the, the market with those flags. It's also just yeah. very reminiscent of a lot of designs from the prequel era mm-hmm. as well. It just it feels really, really lived in. I like this the idea of this. It's really big, and yet it's uh, kind of this contained ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's where we're going to get all these great ideas where people have come there to hide or to do feel stuck there or whatever and then the galaxy is going to come to them and they're going to have to deal with it is really cool i like that idea a lot of uh it reminds me you know uh, we hear a lot of, of robotech and 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 for the main macross saga they're stuck on the sdf1 and and the story comes to them they keep getting attacked it's battlestar galactic a little right. bit too yeah uh and that this platform has been in place for a long time so it's probably got some history to yeah, it yeah it's an older place older yeah. place indeed i want to ask you jennifer 
I realized like there's something about this that feels familiar, and I realized it's the Freemaker Adventures. Oh yes, because especially in the first season, they're on the wheel, I believe, uh-huh. and they're it's in that kind of self-contained right. space station. Like they leave it, but that's where they live, and there's they've got different relationships with the people hmm. on it, and yes. it is also a little bit of the more uh, kind of straightforward kids' humor. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting that they have a little bit of similarity. Well, now that I got the app downloaded, yeah. I saw I can watch Freemaker a lot yeah. easier. <laughs> you will enjoy it. <laughs> I might it have is to get it again. It's really the humor on that is great. Yeah. Um, so we feel I think we all agree with though the platform is going to be its own world, but we're going to be able to connect to the bigger galaxy yeah. pretty easily. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, especially now that the first order we see right away, the first order is interesting, interested in it, and the state of the galaxy. That's a phrase we use a lot here at Force Center because I think uh, it's it's important, the state of the galaxy and the prequels, the original trilogy, leading up to the events of the original trilogy right after, which is the Mandalorian is going to help answer. Uh, we didn't get a lot in The Force Awakens. And sometimes you could even say less in The Last Jedi of the state of the galaxy. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of people always get that, well, what's going on? What's the politics? Here we have a chance to, to really kind of see some of that on the ground. And I wasn't sure the timeline, but you found this article, Joseph, saying we're six months before The Force Awakens. Yeah, I, I had seen it somewhere else, so I just Googled it. And frankly, I think uh, every Star Wars fan should check out this article. It's on IGN. It's with the executive producer, Justin Ridge. Okay. And there's a ton of fascinating information, which mm. also feels like, why aren't you? I missed why, it. Why yeah. isn't there a trailer that says... Six months before the events of The Force Awakens, oh, yeah. an adventure begins. Like, mm-hmm. and really uh, ground us. But it's six months, and he just says, "Yeah, and of course it's going to overlap with The Force Awakens." Mm. I mean, so like that. Those are like big news for people who might give it a chance, mm-hmm. because yes, it's a kids show, but it's going to uh, dole out all this canon. And he also says that's where this started. Mm. Where Floney's like, kids are seeing the sequel trilogy; mm-hmm. they want to see how this all started. And we want to see where the First Order came from. And mm. so that's where this starts from. Wow. Which makes me feel like this is really like they've done before with Rebels of like, you're younger. Mm. You're just getting used to Kaz. Oh, now you feel comfortable. And Kaz and all his friends. But now Kaz and all his friends have an actually really scary problem. Yeah. And it's the First Order. And now they're killing people yeah. mm. quietly and off screen, maybe on this cartoon. Yeah, yeah. Right. But for I think they're going to get into really telling that story. Well, if if it if it's six months before Force Awakens and passes that movie, it also means it passes the last, last Jedi. Jedi. Yeah. So that does that Ooh. mean like uh, yeah. when are we uh, into yeah. Episode Nine? <laughs> yeah. like, oh. Which is uh, it's just intriguing to me. Uh, you know, Jennifer, we got Cass's father referring to the Resistance as extremists. Mm-hmm. Jaeger, the the Rebel War veteran. And the First Order's growing in power. Phasma's here. We're going to see her on the ground. And she's connecting with pirates. And, uh, you know, I don't know if we want to team with pirates, but we gotta, we're got we growing. Right. So there's a lot going on in the state of the galaxy. Uh, what are your thoughts about this, particularly how close it is to The Force Awakens? I was very surprised because I, th- I had the same thought where I was like, oh, this is going to get into darker. And they even said that. Well, no, I think we saw it from the trailer. It looked a little darker than what I was expecting. Mm. But I think you're right, Joseph. I think it's going to start establishing these characters, get get the audience familiar. There's a couple things that were, you know, a little, I don't want to say scary, but, you know, there's things happening, bad things happening, and it's going to evolve and get a little bit 
darker. Yeah. Will we see? Who are we going to see? Are we going to see Snoke? Are we going <laughs> to? Yeah. How far are we going to get into this? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, we know we're going to see. I wrote their names down because they're not really being publicized. Major uh, Von Reg, mm. Von Reg, who is the red, the red, pi- pi- okay, yeah, yeah. red pilot, and then Commander Pyre, who is Gold Trooper. Oh, right, oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. So, and and uh, Phasma name checks them in I think the end of episode two. So yes. we know mm-hmm. that those characters they're they're new and they're named. So. They're gonna come cause some problems on the clock. Yeah, and yeah. I like it because the first order, you know, we see what we see on the big screen, but we know like Cardinal, everyone goes to, and a lot of people thought we might have seen Cardinal, but hey, we got another guy dressed in all red here, but that's fine. And then, uh, you know, uh, there's Terex in the Poe Dameron comic. Uh, a lot of characters like that where you know, the First Order is so big, you can cl- have these little pockets to climb into with new villains, new stories. Yeah. And maybe to see where it all syncs up. Do I see Do I see some of these characters appear on screen episode nine? I don't necessarily think so. I don't think we'll see this Commander Pyre, pyre uh, Funeral <laughs> Pyre on there, um, Private Pyre. Um but it's it's intriguing to me that they, that that this is where the show starts. So I think we'll, this is where our bigger answers will start to come. Yeah, from. absolutely. I'm going to focus on Jaeger a little bit. I, I so far the three episodes, he is the my favorite character. Um, I like I like the old crusty guys a little bit because it's speaking to me there. But I loved this reveal. Love this reveal that he was a rebel pilot. That makes sense. You know, he and Poe a little bit hit every time you come around. Poe, I've got problems. But uh, this, this, not just that he does, I don't want to fight, but just like there's something there that's happened. Yeah. There's some loss. Something happened. He was, and that, the, by the way, that picture on Jakku where they're like all like smiling behind yeah. the Star Destroyer that's, that's burning. so great. Yay, we're here. Take we a selfie. It's yeah. finally over. And then a happy <laughs> photo with families. And then he's, yeah. and you can tell he's a good uh, parent figure, mm-hmm. but maybe doesn't want to be. Doesn't want to yeah. be. What do you lose? I don't know. There's something intriguing in there for me, uh, Jennifer. What, what, what did Jaeger make you think? Yeah, that was that was a surprising reveal because I I liked the character, but I was like, oh, it's kind of you know I I get it. I, he's a mentor figure, but then right. when they added that layer to it, I was like, oh, this is going to unfold. There's going to be some deep life lessons here, and you know, could get to a very emotional place, and that's mm. that's exciting but to know. Well, to know what he lost. Yeah, yeah. there's something yeah. there. Yeah, I feel like you know they emphasize again and again. Uh, I think for the sake of comedy, but plot that Kaz is a spy. Mm-hmm. So it's not just like oh, Commander Pyre is going to come there and they're going to fight. He's going to find out stuff, yeah. and it's going to be really interesting to see if that's gonna upset Yeager because Yeager just doesn't want it to be true. Right. He's right. so clearly like, I fought this war. The Empire's gone, Poe. Leave it alone. Right. I will not look at this. And then his, his young charge that he doesn't want to be emotionally connected to, but he is, is like, look! Yeah. <laughs> evidence! Then what is Yeager, this old warrior who still has a racer hidden back there? Yeah. Maybe oh, a yeah. fighter pilot. Yep. What is he gonna do? I was ex- expecting the, the reveal to be at like an X-Wing. Yeah. yeah, I know. Sitting back yeah. there. Still might be. Yeah, so there's a lot of intriguing questions. And one of the intriguing ones is, hey, we're three episodes in. Tone's kind of been set. We'll see where it goes. The Force. The Force. Something big in Star Wars. Yeah. I wouldn't expect it to be present. Can that work? We've seen even things like Solo and Rogue One aren't Force-centric movies, but they certainly, it's mentioned or it's deal, dealt with, particularly Rogue One, maybe more than Solo, but... The Force and Star Wars usually go hand in hand, Joseph. Yeah, I think it's fine without it for a while, but I predict that there will be a lightsaber, if not Force, mm. because this is such a place that trades in things that Ooh. I could really see an episode 
where somebody who has no business wielding a lightsaber gets a lightsaber, mm. and you get some comedy and you get some drama. So I think a lightsaber will pop up. I also see could see Knights of Ren if it oh. gets solidified that they are Force users, and you don't want Kylo coming down on the base. But mm. it is important to the First Order to control this base, right? Maybe a Knight of Ren eventually. Ooh, there's there's your there's your Knights of Ren kids. <laughs> Put them there. Uh, yeah, Jen? I have a hard time, even though I believe that they definitely could be there. Uh, we could see a Jedi. I have a hard time just because of Kaz. Whoa, you moved a rock. That's incredible. <laughs> like, I just can't imagine how that interaction, he's going to get so, like, mesmerized by yeah. their powers. It's just going to be him so. throwing things over the ledge and seeing if a Jedi can float him back up. Yeah, I don't think we're seeing a Jedi. I think if it's anything, yeah. it's going to be that just acceptance like that. of, Oh man, this is even scarier than we thought. Right, mm, right, I right. See. Okay. Well, well yeah, right. that could be, be interesting. interesting. <laughs> yeah, Kaz, he's excitable. He's yeah. excitable. Uh, excited kid. He's yeah. excited kid. Uh, as we wrap up this part of the discussion here, we kind of touched upon it, but I want to try to look at the future. I mean, there's a lot here that those edges you talk about, Joseph. It's it's going to bring some some meat to this stew. And where do we where do we see it? Where do we want it to go? Yeah, I think it is eventually going to get to the story of between episode eight and episode nine. Mm. I don't know exactly the the timing of that because I think they are being careful to not lock themselves into anything. Yeah, um, but I think it's going to head towards uh, uh, war at some point where the peop- where the first order is eventually going to try to take classes by force, mm. and it's going to be a thing much more like Battlestar Galactica of like. This yeah. is one of the bases, uh, the outpost of the resistance. This is like if there was a sustained attack on Cloud City and everybody was like trying to repel it and right. keep it. I think that's where it might be going. Colossus Actual. Yeah. Colossus Actual. Uh, yeah, and I, 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 that, I think that could happen there too. Jen, darker themes, anything bigger coming down the pipeline? When would you see that happening? Like, Do you think, do you think after this, the end of this first season? <sighs> I don't. I mean, it, the the thing is, is about if they're saying like, well, of course we're going to catch up. Like, I think they could easily get through a season mm-hmm. since uh, Kaz is looking for information about a big attack. If that is just, they have Starkiller Base and they're going to use it. Mm-hmm. If that's the information he has, then maybe that's the season one cliffhanger. But then you start in season two. There, it's, there's not that much time in Force Awakens and Last Jedi. Yeah. yeah. You know, so right. unless they switch it to. Uh, it's basically Star Wars 24. <laughs> Each episode is 22 minutes in real time. I was like, all right, so we got six months, we got six seasons, a month a season. Like, yeah, exactly. How do you really? play with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they slow do it down. I, f- I just kind of feel like they wouldn't put this much energy and time unless they're going to do, like, at least three seasons. Yeah. Right? Yeah, right exactly. So I feel like, uh, and I'm, I'm not really good at doing the timing in my head, um, and obviously if I sit mm. down, I could figure it out, but I wonder if they're going to play it out to getting to a point where episode nine is about to be released and they can do at least one or two more seasons mm. dealing with the space in between eight and mm. nine, ah. assuming nine does do a time jump. There right, you go. right, which, which seems really And it's the galaxy at war for a couple of years, and now we've got a show right in place to tell you those fun stories. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, again, Star Wars resistance. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. It could be, you've, you've there could be some resisting. Yeah, you've established that all of our heroes in between eight and nine, mm-hmm. Rose, Finn, Poe, Ray, are all, Chewie and Porks yeah. are going around fighting the good fight, and now you have a show where they can just pop in for an episode. Yeah, yeah. It's not Star Wars uh, Space Racers. Yeah, yeah. it's Star Wars Resistance. <laughs> uh, one thing, and I guess this is a dark note to end on. Kaz, <laughs> has got, Kaz has got this information, possible attack. We don't start killer base. His dad's a senator. 
I hope to God his dad's not on Hosnian Prime. <laughs> That's what I don't want the Kaz's father is dead episode. <laughs> maybe, maybe I do. I don't Actually, know. Actually, yeah, that might happen. Hello? Yeah. yeah. Then that, oh, now the war has found you for sure. Yeah, well, we can maybe see the episode where the Colossus does not answer Leia's call. <laughs> Yeah. From great. Oh, yeah. no, oh, no. <laughs> a lot of dark possibilities. Leia's, Leia's on crate. Nah, we're good. It's we got a race. <laughs> <laughs> Come dun, on, dun, Griff. Dun, 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 dun. That's good. Well, Star Wars Resistance is here. It is launched, unlike The Mandalorian, which is still coming. So we have taken a deep dive as best we can into these two shows as they stand right now. The Star Wars Resistance. Uh, you know, we'll definitely talk about it again. But hey, we got three episodes in the can. So uh, we'll uh, we'll see when the next episode airs. Right? Is yeah. it just next week? Is the fourth one? I is that no, it? I, I haven't looked into it. I oh, don't know. The well, uh, all I normally research, but so much yeah. pop culture yesterday. I'm yeah, exhausted. A lot. You deserve the break. A lot of you out there are already on. Uh, chatting in our discord server about the show uh, this morning we created a separate chat channel for star wars resistance a lot of fans in there discussing it right now uh so we'll, we'll tell you how to be a part of that a little bit later in the show but as we do we do uh, every episode we'd like to take uh questions from you the audience and discuss them here in the supersized edition we've got this one from francis and why so since nine is the last of the trilogies the end of the saga will it end on an up note or simply end. <laughs> I mean, could everybody get wiped out by the Force, kind of like the Bendu on Rebels? The Force started the story with Anakin. Could it take it back from Kylo as a misfit? Could we get all the characters in a spot and watch the Force take form and end it, including Ray, Chewie, and the Falcon too? An apocalyptic potential ending here from Francis. What do you think, Joseph? Yeah, I think this is so bold and thoughtful and interesting, and I personally don't hope it doesn't happen. Right. I mean, it's a really neat idea. I wouldn't mind some elements of this, of like, you know, the the force or larger creatures like Bendu is like, we've been trying to get you guys to do some balancing for decades. Luke did it for a while, but yeah, yeah. I wouldn't mind some ideas like that. Uh, but I do hope that it is overall a hopeful ending. I think this is such a neat idea. But I, I, I really want it to be about, like, well, we've had cycles of yeah. violence. How, how is the new group going to do it different? Mm. A new yub-nub, Jennifer. Yeah. That's where I went to. I'm like, I, was, I want a celebration, but I think it's going to be a more modern version of the yub-nub celebration. It's not going to be like, hey, everything's all good. We're, we're out of here. They're going to go back to Acto and go to the <laughs> caretaker's party. Right. Yeah. Oh, now you're talking. Yeah, so I think it's going to be hopeful and and an up an upbeat ending, but not too upbeat because they've they've will have suffered mm-hmm. a lot of sacrifices made, a lot of friends lost. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But uh, Francis, they, you're right, Joseph. That is that is a outside of the box thought. Very mm-hmm. cool. The force take, taking form and being like, I'm going to end all this. <laughs> uh, David Hutton asked if you could wish for any of the new canon books to be converted into a movie series on a Disney streaming service. Which ones? Would it be a lot of choices? Mm-hmm. A lot of choices. Some come to mind for me. Jennifer, where does your mind go? <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> I know there's a lot. There's, I know, and you know where my mind went to? Totally not canon. You know those Shakespeare uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Star Wars? Yeah, dude, like a live on stage, but tape it. <laughs> I want Shakespeare Star Wars on the streaming Tape for a live to the audience. Yeah, yeah. Sure, why not? Yoda doing to be or not to be. <laughs> be not do or mm-hmm. <laughs> the question uh, is not. Uh, yeah. yeah, I want. I lost stars. I think is the one to to do. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm. I'd be excited to see it, but I think it's also just the smartest one because it contains so much of the DNA of Star Wars, but is a total entry point. 
uh, for new people. And then I also really want Rebel Rising because I feel like that story mm-hmm. is mm. so important, so good, and I, I want it to be more popular. I want more Star Wars fans to know that story. That's Yeah, those, those are two big wins right there. Uh, for me, um, I would go to Leia, Princess of Alderaan, Millie Bobby Brown, make it a series. Give, give me a 10-part miniseries. Yeah, adaptation of that novel. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, do that. Because you get Jimmy Smith, so you can pop him in there, too. He's still going strong, right? So yeah. that... And then, I don't know if I want a straight adaptation, but something with Aiden Versio before Ooh. the events of the game mm. yeah. run through, you know, because her story, uh, that book uh, picks up at the Battle of the Death Star, right? Yeah. yeah. So we got a lot of time with that yeah, character. Battle of Yavin, yeah. And throw uh, Janine in the costume on camera would work for me there, too. Mm-hmm. So be interesting. From Patreon, we like to take two questions each week from Patreon. Alex Lloyd writes, who are your top picks for a creative team for Lucasfilm to bring in producers, directors, showrunners to bring in for films, theatrical, or in the Disney streaming service, or another live-action TV show? Ooh, this is... Ooh, big, big one. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Ah. I don't have an answer. I don't... I, and I even read this question this morning. I was like, what's my answer? I don't know my answer. Yeah. <laughs> I don't... It's overwhelming. I mean, the, per- the first person I would love, but he's busy, Ryan Coogler. I Ooh. love a Star Wars movie mm-hmm. from Ryan Coogler. Um, I don't know. I mean, quite frankly, when I look at that director's list for the for the Star Wars series, I'm like, yeah, okay. That, mm-hmm. that, this That's is a really what I good want. point. That's a tentative way to test relationships between the companies, since obviously there have been problems with relationships between directors in, in the company. Right. To mm-hmm. see, like, man, we get along great yeah. with this person. So here, have your own show. That's how it starts. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Joseph, got a, you got an answer for this uh, yeah. great question. For, makes you think. For movies, I, I think uh, Patty Jenkins would be great. Oh, yes. Uh, you know, she's oh, yeah. doing Wonder Woman 2 now, and I just think that... Uh, she did such a great job in Wonder Woman of bringing her own stamp, bringing new ideas. It's very different from the more grimdark DC mm-hmm. movies, but it still fits in, which speaks to me of being able to do, yep, this is a Star Wars movie, but it's totally also something new as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for like television directors, um, I would love Rachel Talaley, mm-hmm. uh, who has made... She directed Tank Girl back in the day. Oh, yeah. She directed a bunch of things, but she made a huge splash because she directed, this is the final time I'm going to say it, friends, a <laughs> bunch of Doctor Who episodes. Nope, I want you to say it. Yep. Really impressive, amazing, mm-hmm. stylish, emotional, funny Doctor Who episodes. Absolutely killed it. Uh, and she said at the Gallifrey One Doctor Who convention that she's interested in Star Wars. <gasps> and off of the... the, the um, Doctor Who episodes, she's been getting more things. She did a bunch of episodes of Flash. She did an episode of Riverdale. Like mm. she, she's, oh, yeah. she's getting to be in demand, uh, and I would think she would be a great person to bring into the streaming service. I like that. Well, you know, the only TV show I really watch is uh, Game of Thrones, so that's already taken care of. <laughs> uh, I do watch I Love Your Garden on Netflix, which is just replays with this old British show from about four years ago. I don't think we're going to do a gardening Star Wars show, though I'd be up for it. Yeah, um, but I'll tell you what, I was I was in the room when I was still working at Collider when, when Guillermo del Toro was being interviewed, and off camera he told us, well, I pitched a Jabba movie to Lucasfilm, uh, and it didn't yeah. I've been obsessed with him and that idea ever since, yeah. with what he can do. Pan's Labyrinth, all the stuff, the worlds. Uh, I was even watching the the one that a lot of people don't like the the, the his horror one. Oh yeah, Crimson, not Dawn Peak. Crimson, yeah, Crimson, yes. Crimson, Scary Time Crimson, House. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, it's just so visual and beautiful. It looks like Mustafar at some point. Like <laughs> I think if he's got the love, I, I want to hear what he 
it has to do with yeah. doing say in the Star Wars galaxy. Uh, it'd be great. We just casually mentioned it to that day. <laughs> We're just like, oh, okay. <laughs> the shape of Java. Yeah, I would love the shape of Java. Oh, shape of Java. So, Alex, you got us thinking. You got us thinking. There's a lot of wonderful creators out there. Uh, we got to see who uh, ends up in Star Wars. Josh Eddy writes, L3 and Lando, Cassian and K2SO, Luke and R2, Annie and 3PO, Ray slash Poe and BB-8. All these Of all these pairs, Lando and L3 shared a unique bond we haven't seen before in Star Wars between man and droid, human and droid. If you were available, of all the droids in Star Wars, to whom would you be most attracted? <laughs> Oh boy! Um, oh yeah, boy, is that, that's is, a hard one. That's a. I'll go TC Forte. <laughs> you just want to be uh, yeah. uh, someone to bring you poison. Well, you know, I mean, you know, it'd be an equal uh, opportunity partnership of poisoning Jedi. But yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess she doesn't technically bring the poison. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, if I if I wanted a bad boy, I'd go with K two S O. Right. That that would be just. Disastrous, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, right, I like that. Yeah, you would try to fix K two S. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Oh, I like that. I like I that. Uh, yeah. I don't need fixing. Yeah, I think I would be attracted to R two. Yeah, I think I'd ultimately get along in a relationship with BB eight. Yeah, yeah. Aww, I think yeah. I think I would have thumbs to, up. Uh, to, yeah, thumbs up. Positive. Look, and especially after Resistance, man, he's he's always right there. Uh, with a gadget to help, and I don't mean that in any sort of sexual way. He's a helper. Yeah. Um, going back to Resistance for one second, thinking yeah. about BB-8, how long do you think bb is going to be there? He's uh, got some stuff to do in the Poe Dameron comic. Stuff. Oh, yeah. I, no. Well, yeah. yeah. So I, th- I hope he gets his own episode uh, yeah. where he has, uh, <laughs> has, to go. has to leave. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot about bye that. Bye-bye, BB-8. Well, Josh, thanks for that question. That was uh, one I never thought I'd answer. Did you answer in any way? Oh, did I? Yeah, TC-14. TC-14. Yeah, okay, yeah. that was serious? Yeah, yeah. You don't like TC fourteen? Yeah. Well, no. I want. Sleep? I'm sorry. I'm going to push for this. I need a little bit more motivation. The Why? More motivation. Why? Um, I just like the cold, withdrawn, <laughs> emotional <laughs> aspect of TC fourteen, where I'm always having to pull the love out of their heart. That's, okay. That fits into my Sir Jorah Mormont way of life, you know. Even though I'm in a happy and healthy, so uh, you know, uh, it's good to go. Yeah, that's my answer. That's okay. My answer. Solid answer. Solid answer. <laughs> Uh, thank you, Josh, Alex, David, Francis, for your questions. We uh, really appreciate them. If you have questions for us, you can reach out on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Our Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. Website is forcecenterpod.podomatic.net. And you can follow our adventures on YouTube as well. Instagram, Force Center Pod. Public is where you can get our merch. Uh, com slash user slash Force Center. Tweet us your picks in our merch, and we'll reshare them. Podcasts available on Podomatic, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, and then over on Patreon, we're always building towards some goals. That is right. We are building towards that goal of doing commentary for all of the Star Wars movies, not all of the animated series. That will be a different, yes. much, much higher much. <laughs> goal. Uh, but we do want to do the commentary for those uh, movies. If you're uh, if you're curious about them, you can check out. We have Phantom Menace and Last Jedi on YouTube. Uh, and if you have a dollar or two a month, that really helps us keep growing. 
Absolutely. We got our own stuff we're working on too, Jennifer. Yes, right. You can find me on all the social media platforms at Jennifer Landa and be sure to check out my latest Happy Peeps episode on Donald Glover uh, and his performance as Lando Calrissian in Solo, A Star Wars Story. That's right. Joseph Scrimshaw. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram, the best platform for announcing big pop culture news. Uh, I'm at Joseph Scrimshaw there, and then you can check out my website, josephscrimshaw.com, comedy albums, uh, shows, and other things. I got a new show coming up here in Los Angeles. My uh, comedy variety show, Game Night, uh, that I do with my friend Laser Melina Weber, is uh, coming back, and that is going to be Friday. October 26th. So if you're in the Los Angeles area, go to my website, josephscrimshaw.com, and look at the live shows page for tickets. Absolutely. You can follow me at Ken Napsuck. It includes YouTube and go to napsuckfiles.podomatic.net for more information. Uh, and I am returning to the pro wrestling world October 13th. If you're local, information coming out, that's just the end of this week. Uh, well, we'll see what happens. I'm going to be ringside again for the first time in about five years. Should be interesting. So uh, that is that for the Mandalorian, whoever you may be for Kaz and the entire crew of Star Wars Resistance. We'll see you next time here on Force. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.